What's good, Phil? <laughs> hey, Jason. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. That's the first time I've been called doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's to me. Everyone's a doctor when I, I call Joe Rogan Doctor Rogan now, <laughs> Doctor Dana White. But um, I we before we got on, we had a little con a fun conversation about like because we had Bart K on the podcast last week and. And I said, it must be a really sad life to have to like attack things with your face to live. Like you look at dogs, wolves, right? You look at sharks and, and I'm like, man, all these years of evolution, that's, and that's still the only way for you guys to go. <laughs> well, it, it, it amused me when you said that because, um, you know, I always get attacked by vegans because I have a carnivore YouTube channel and, and whatever. And I get death threats from them and all sorts before they get sick enough to come to me for help. And they always start off with that. You know, you haven't got the teeth. You haven't got the claws. Why should you be eating meat? And I always say to them, well, do you dig all your vegetables up with your perfectly adapted snout? <laughs> I'm shit, man. Like a brontosaurus. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we've had tools for a long time. <laughs> a knife and fork. Uh, yeah. Um, Actually, for my audience, uh, once again, this is episode 125. This is the Option Podcast. This is Phil Escott. And I've been calling him Dr. Escott, but he's, he's, his, his field is more naturopathic, uh, homeopathic. Um, and maybe you'll tell us a difference later. And we were going to talk a little bit about like the current climate and this and that. But what, we could do that at the end, man. The, your story and the things that you're doing uh, to make people's lives uh better is oh no it's why i do the podcast <laughs> dude i started this as a volleyball co podcast but it's it's there's something more meaningful to this and having you and bart k as a one-two punch is awesome <laughs> so let's i want to dive into you wrote a book carl um arthritis how arthritis saved my life um well, it was it was arthritis the best thing that ever happened to me oh the best yeah. thing that ever happened to me yeah Arth yeah mm -hmm. well you know I, I i wrote that um it was funny because i'd i'd always been into health and diet and uh, trying to understand it and um you know back in the in the 80s really probably early 80s i started off thinking about this i'm, I'm an old dude i'm 60 this year and uh i i had um i had a great interest in it but I got caught up in the whole Eastern spiritual thing and, and went down the vegetarian route, you know. And uh, in the in the 90s, I was writing books and articles on plant-based eating and all this sort of thing and Ayurvedic medicine. And uh, then I ran a gym from the late 90s to early 2000s, got pretty big, um, and then sort of got rid of it and got pretty fat during the 2000s. And by 2010, I was completely crippled with psoriatic arthritis, which is basically rheumatoid arthritis. And so I, I thought, well, you know, the thing I have to do is to go even more plant based. I must go vegan. I must go raw vegan, I, you know, all that crap. And it, it all it did was make me completely emaciated and didn't fix the arthritis. So I had to throw out everything I thought I knew about diet and about lifestyle and realized that pretty much everything that I'd written was nonsense. You know, I was probably a bit ahead of the mainstream, but still it wasn't doing the job. And I had to realize that all of diet science, as Bart explained in his uh, interview with you, 
was completely upside down and ended up on a keto diet from about 2012 to 2015 and pretty much sorted it, but then went fully carnivore in, in 2015. And that's all I eat. I just eat, you know, sheep and cows. That's it. And uh, no plants at all. And if anything, the mainstream or the vegans said were, were true, I would be dead by now, not healed from arthritis and calcifications and liver and kidney issues and all sorts of things I had 10 years ago. And, and now I don't have any medical issues. And uh, it's, it's been a real eye opener for me. So, and now I just, I consult with people who have autoimmunity and help them through the same path. I think a lot of the docs and a lot of the diet guys and researchers are waking up to this. And as Bart explained, the science is there. You've just got to look for it properly, not in the sort of corporate sponsored science. And, and so now we see some beautiful healing and I've teamed up with some other guys and we have um, the humanunleashed.com and the redpillrevolution.com and we do, the human unleashed is more of a sort of health and lifestyle thing and uh, teaching people about ancestral health. And um, then we have the red pill revolution, which we did the red pill revolution book recently. And um, just about how all of the ways we've been fooled over the centuries you know, particularly in the last decades by the um, by the controllers. Right. And, and, and the chaos has got us in now. And it's just a book for sort of gently waking people up and thinking maybe something's wrong. You know, we don't dive down the sort of reptilian and, um, you know, bug creature in the Antarctic rabbit holes or anything like that. It's a gentle one of showing just how people have been controlled by the psychopaths at the top. And so it's funny, this that, that that's what I that's why I wrote the book, you know, the or that's why I titled it the, the best thing that ever happened to me because it's led me to all the things I do now. And uh, it's wonderful. And I, you know, I, as you can see, there's sort of drums stacked up in the corner and a practice kit here and I'm a drummer too. And um, I, I just so grateful for every gig I play because there was two years where I couldn't even pick up a drumstick and, you know, throwing all of diet science on its head or diet scientism on its head has, uh, has has fixed me and I'm back out playing and feeling like a teenager again it's funny like a friend of mine said who is also a carnivore she said isn't it funny how everything that's supposed to be caused by eating meat and saturated fat disappears when all you eat is meat and saturated fat. <laughs> well <laughs> so I'm, I'm seven days into it I'm oh cool, cool I'm seven days you're not, into you're not it yet. you've not got scurvy or anything <laughs> I'm still alive. I'm alive, motherfuckers. I'm alive. So uh, <laughs> no, but for me, uh, I got to admit it's I'm not completely meat only. Even even though just the first seven days alone, I appreciate if I was uh, uh, the benefits of it. So sometimes I have like a little spinach salad with my steak, uh, um, just cold spinach because um, it's still a good source of iron. And at the same well, just you know, spinach yeah. just don't have too much of it. It's pretty toxic, you know. It is well, too much of it. Yeah, I, 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 I had, I, I had the, my last bit before I went keto was involving a lot of juice, spinach, and almonds, and and all that kind of thing with turmeric and all that sort of crap. And uh, I ended up with really bad kidney stones. Yeah. <laughs> it's, let it's me show oxalates, you. Actually, but... let me show you day one. Let me show you day one for a sec. Look at that. Look at it. Look, no, at, nice. look at that. Look, look at that thing, man. Threw that thing on the grill. Cool. That's, cool. Some, rest that's some restaurant stuff right there, my man. So, 
Yeah, but it's funny, you know, it's funny, you know, people say, oh, this is so extreme, you know, gone from veganism to carnivory, it's extreme. But well, isn't it extreme to go the other way? Start to interrupt. But, but was that your question? Is it what, yeah, do they, no, what do they call going straight veganism? Isn't that extreme too? Well, that's extreme because it's not our human diet. But it, carnivore is just basic. You know, people say, oh, do you think everyone should eat carnivore? No, they should eat what they like. If everybody avoided grains and seed oils and ate locally and seasonally, nobody would get sick enough to need to go fully carnivore. Yeah. It's just that when your gut's wrecked, you have a leaky gut, the, the mitochondria aren't working properly, that kind of thing. You just need to give the body the food that is the least of a challenge, you know? And, and that is meat and fat. I know a lot of people are gonna go, no, no, fruit and veg and uh, no, not really. It's meat and fat. That's what we grew up on. I, it's funny, you know, all the study I've done, like tens of thousands of hours of diet and all that, and I realized all I needed to do was look at a cave painting. There's one guy, there's one spear, there's one ruminant animal, like a mammoth or an auroch or something. There's no, there's, they didn't go out on broccoli hunts. You know, they, it didn't happen. And so, you know, I, I, it's a, just a basic thing that helps people to rebuild their gut and get over autoimmunity and stuff like that, which is kind of my wheelhouse, if you like. And right. I, understanding how to see these people get better, which is how, very rewarding. How does... I meant to ask Bart this last week, but I, I, I got you on the tail end. He made an argument in one of his previous um, interviews. He was with uh, the really hot Asian girl, and I forgot her name, the meat girl. Uh, I, I forgot her title. Um, she went oh. from vegan to, to a meat eater, and she's like still slim. She's her, her, you know, her rib cage turned into a six pack, and you know, and and as far as enhancing her quality of life, you you right. If you look hard enough or soft enough, you're gonna see these stories that that um, offer some correlation uh, um, to what is no longer an assertion. <laughs> it's it's fact. It's pretty much as fact as an opinion's gonna be. It's close to fact. So. I have a, 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 I guess, an entertaining question. How do vegans kill more animals than carnivores? <laughs> it's a good one, isn't it? There's a lovely clip that I like to send to vegans to wind them up, which is um, Ted Nugent, the guitarist on um, Joe yep. Rogan. Yep. And it's just a minute. Big time, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. called Vegans Kill Everything. And I mean, look how fit and healthy and bright he is at 70 odd years old. I remember getting his album back in the 70s, Cat Scratch Fever or something. And, and I thought, great, and he looks great. And I mean, he still looks great. You know, he's had no illnesses in his life. And he's been on the meat, freshly yeah. uh, hunted meat. Great. Okay, well, this is, this is the thing that, that vegans don't understand. And I think it's quite sad because they, I've seen them when they come around to carnivory or even just giving up veganism and, and some of them just in real tears at, at the thought that they didn't realize just how uncompassionate their diet was. I mean, you imagine you take a, a, a you take a, a habitat, you want to plant some crops. So you just destroy that habitat. You just plow it over. You take out all the trees. You take out the hedgerows. Most of the animals are gone already. You start tilling the soil, which ruins the soil microbiome. And then you plant these monocrops, which leach out the soil. But the animals that weren't made um, homeless or even sometimes extinct in big areas of this, they weren't done, uh, you know, completely wiped out by taking the, the land and tilling it or whatever. And then they go in with Monsanto 
and they go and spray these pesticides on and the vegans go oh well it's just accidental killing and you go well you know it's pesticide what what don't you understand about this yeah. word you know yeah you mean it's incidental pesticide. killing <laughs> absolutely you know and then and they go oh well it's just small animals no you look up a deer caught in a combine header or something so the combine harvesters go in and the ones that have survived the onslaught of the pesticides get chewed up in the combine harvesters and then the runoff as the soil degenerates the runoff go into the into the rivers and the fish get get uh, you know affected by all these horrific poisons that they spray on and you know there is not a, a a compassionate diet i mean as ted nugent finished it off and that's what you get for your compassionate tofu salad fuck off <laughs> <laughs> you know nugent I i'm surprised that he's not older looking because of the stress he's um we have a two-party system here in the united states and nugent is is what they call on the right and like i'm i'm politically neutral so i'll just say that right off the bat i lean a little bit more left and right i like my guns and my gay people so i'm i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm down for whatever but but he is considered right wing and in this country where uh, most of the media, the established media is left dominated and big tech, uh, uh, what's allowed to be on the internet is, is left dominated. Those are the people who, even though it's the same amount of, of the voters, even though it's the same percentage, because the highest percentage in the United States are independents are not, they're not left or right. 41, 39% and then like lower thirties for the other two. But anyway, he gets hate mail. He gets hate tweets just 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 on general principle for being right wing. It, there is a um, uh, um, I, I've never I haven't voted Republican since I was 18. So I'm not a Republican, but I'm not biased either. There's this huge thing going on that anyone if you're from the right and you and you tweet something controversial, something that doesn't they don't agree. They try they really try to bury you here. So and that's that's just truth. That's just me talking historical fact. Right. And and I say fact because that's what has happened historically. <laughs> you can't unring that bell. You can remove a tweet. But so I um and it's weird because I'm I, I'm circling around on, on a question here. So so it's not like a Ted, Ted Nugent like like spinoff. So how much. Does your health and being a vegan or having this strict diet of uh, the stress uh, of wanting other foods, right? Because most people I know that that stop eating meat, they still crave it. Most people that, that they're like, I don't, okay, I don't want no bread or cheese anymore in my life. They still crave it, and there is a this this neurological addiction and this stress of wanting it and not having it is bad for your health too. That's a real thing because people think I'm full of shit on that. No, 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 no. I'm 51 years old. Went through all that shit too. So looking young too, but. How much, I guess my question is, how much does stress come into uh, um, people going on these keto diets and this and that? Um, there's some people, it's a discipline, they don't think about it. But there's a large portion of people out there where the stress of doing this is, it makes it counterproductive. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, For but more from veganism. Because... Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the, 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 the diet is so horrific and they're hungry every five minutes. You know, <clears throat> you see these vegan YouTubers, the ones that are still on the diet and haven't given up and made their why I'm no longer vegan videos, right. which most of them have. 
you know, and, and they get they get on this diet and then you, you see them eat this huge breakfast of all this awful, tasteless plant matter. And then they go out shopping or something and they go, oh, I need something to eat. And you just like, yeah. you know, the body is craving nutrients. I eat once a day, twice a day at most, because, you know, when you get the meat in and you get the fat in, there's so much nutrients in such a small package that and you're running on fats instead of carbs. So mm. it's it's a. <laughs> it's an awful lot more satisfying and you can go much longer. You know, I can, I, it doesn't really matter if I eat in a day or not, really. It doesn't make any difference to my energy. It's just, Hey, it would be nice to eat. You don't get that raving carb hunger. Right. But I mean, there, there are cravings. I mean, one of the most difficult things in the early point, early times of going carnivore is cravings for carbohydrates and for sugars. And this tends to wear off between about a month and about a three months. It's still there a little bit, you know, but it's not, it's not anything like it was when, when I get clients and, and I, I, I tell them, you know, how to maybe start fixing. Oh, I couldn't give this up. I couldn't give that up. Oh, I'm going to miss that. And I go, well, listen, you know, when you're symptom free, just reintroduce things once at a, one at a time and, and you'll find out what you react to and see what's good. You know, there are certain things that are incredibly toxic for humans. And those really are grains and seed oils, seed oils, you know, they were invented as, machine lubricant and soap additives and suddenly the who is pushing it as heart healthy you know it's genocide basically it's absolutely horrific and so you know you cut those things out obviously you really don't want to be going back to those but once you've healed up you can go back to a lot of things some people do some people don't know you know at the at the beginning of those 30 days they're going oh my god you know i can't do without that but i can maybe do 30 days and then they have a difficult 30 days and then at the end of the 30 days they go do you know what I'm not really craving what I was, you know, there's a few things, but not like I was. And then after 90 days, they're like, yeah, there's a couple of things I could kind of do with, but I'm not bothered. But most of the things I was worried about, I don't want anymore. Yeah. And because, as I often say, you know, nothing tastes as good as remission feels when you're in as much agony as I was, yeah. you know. And then, I mean, I, I, I haven't had bread for like 12 years. And yeah. I, I bread to me is just nothing. I just look at it and it, it just smells like, synovitis and agonizing joints to me i don't want yeah. anything to do with it but there's other things potatoes with loads of butter that's great chocolate yeah dark you know, chocolate and now I'm dark chocolate's up. still my thing <laughs> yeah. so, no i don't so, I, I a don't, fat burner for me hmm? i like the sugary stuff you know I, yeah. i've had the kidney stones i'm aware of the oxalates in the dark chocolate mm -hmm. and so if i'm gonna have chocolate i'll just have the sugary stuff you know i can <laughs> cheat now and again now but i mean for a good sort of four or five years it was completely strict yeah. And now I, I never have a vegetable. There's never a vegetable in my in, in the house. <clears throat> my son is who's six, my youngest son. I have kids that's like six, 13 and 32. <laughs> but my, my youngest son is six. He's in the bath. I'm making a racket at the moment. Okay. But he might pop in in a bit. And um, he is uh, he, he's basically had breast milk, meat and chocolate. And you've never seen such a healthy kid. I mean, he looks amazing because he's mixed race as well, which was an, another funny reason why old... Uh, you know, we were laughing so much. Oh, those, are the, those are the most beautiful about, people in the world, dude. Yeah, about, about Dan calling us uh, calling Aren't... us racist. You know, my missus is from Tanzania and uh, blacker than he could ever be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, dude, he's, yeah, not, he, he's not even African-American, is he? No, I don't know. I don't, no. I don't know is he even African-American? <laughs> I think he, I think he did mention in one of his rude emails to me that he does have certain, you know, ties to... I just, some, I just I'm actions. only asking because I didn't see it, you know, and who do who am I to say that? Let me tell you something. My mom, my mom, she's black. She's darker yeah. than he is. 
my yeah, mom yeah. is blacker uh, okay i came out a few shades lighter because my dad's swedish but my mom is blacker than that guy okay so i'm not <laughs> talking about like extremely black i mean she ain't going to night school getting mark absent or nothing but but um <laughs> right so right <laughs> it's not like the lightning bugs follow her in the daytime but she she is she is blacker than her my three sisters are black my grandma my three aunts i'm i'm the only my real father i never even met so i'm the only guy growing up in new york brooklyn flatbush avenue uh, a, a light-skinned brother i know an african-american when i see one i saw i was I, and i might be wrong like we, we're both probably wrong but i just didn't i'm like you african-american where you where you from though you know where you from i was i was just curious so but that dude i don't know and and he should there has to be a distinction even for african-americans to know that if someone who's 50 yeah, years old calls a 22 year old boy <laughs> that's not code for the n-word <laughs> he's calling you a boy because he's 50 and he looks at you like you're wet behind the ears and your breath smell like similac so uh <laughs> it's it's so it's it was one of those things that i didn't get that i didn't did you get that the racist thing no, so I sorry for my audience good. listening. Oh, Dr. Bart K, who was on the podcast last week, was um, vilifying somebody who was trying to take down Phil Ascott and, and a week ago tried to take down Thomas Malone on non sequiturs and um, illogically connected things. And basically, Bart K was like, "This dude's a boy. He's sitting there talking, talking like he has all this experience over everybody else and, and these years and years or whatever." And, and it's like, "Dude, you're a boy." So. To him, as an escapism, because he didn't have a leg to stand on, because that's how Bart leaves people, right? Without a fucking leg to stand on. I mean, that dude, he's not just smart in his fields. He actually has real debate skills. Uh, um, so, and that's that's one of the things I like about him. And that's where, the one, the only thing we have in common. I, dude, I can be wrong on the merits and still win an argument. <laughs> so, so I didn't get that, and you didn't get that. No, well, I'll tell, I'll tell you the story, really, where it came from. Please. Was, um, in 2015, there was I was invited onto a show that I was a fan <clears> of <throat> called uh, Buddha at the Gas Pump by a guy called Rick Archer who ran it. And he, he would interview people who'd had these spiritual awakenings and whatever, and he saw some of my stuff and, and, and he invited me on the show. And I thought, wow, I'm honoured. You know, I'm going on with some of these big gurus and all that kind of thing, you know, some big, big shoes to fill. And we became friends. He's like an ex-drummer too. And we we were we, we would chat a lot on email um, and send each other drumming videos and laugh about this and that. And he'd send me some of his friends who were broken vegans to heal. Because, you know, in the spiritual community, there's many broken vegans to heal. And uh, <coughs> he, he when all this nonsense hit, you know, this this COVID nonsense, he, he slapped a warning on my interview saying, this guest has been spreading um, dangerous conspiracy theories. And so I contacted him. I said, oh, that's hilarious, man. That's like a badge of honor. You know, you can, yeah. it, whatever. But it's a bit out of order. You didn't even tell me you're going to do it. Oh, he said, yeah, well, I, you know J.P. Sears? I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, he took down J.P. Sears' interview and he said, well, you don't have so much uh, reach as him because I've taken his down because obviously he's spreading genocidal information. But you're right. not probably killing too many people, so I'll leave it up. I went, oh, okay, all right then, you know, and and then he started to really go on about it, as as as, as I like to call them, COVID enthusiasts. Yeah, you know, and he became a proper COVID enthusiast and spreading all this, uh, you know, go and get your jab and all this sort of thing, and um, and then eventually he just took my interview down, and I got 
pretty pissed off about that really <clears throat> not because of taking it down but because he was supposed to be a friend and this division it causes in society you know he had those views i wouldn't feel aggressive towards him but uh then he 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 sort of put this his attack dog onto me which is dan wilson with his uh debunk the funk with dr wilson um youtube channel where he you know he takes all these beautiful scientists and docs way more experienced than him and tries to rip them apart with pseudoscience and he just completely swallows yeah this guy this guy ricardo is like 70 years old and he's he's been taken in by dan wilson and uh you know we had a long email exchange just because rick was a friend i said okay i'll talk to him over email and it was horrendous every time i saw an email from him like my 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 toes would curl my stomach would feel bad you know you knew that there was some awful stuff coming with accusations of being a liar and being this and that and dishonest and all kinds of things sick in the head you, you know you get all this sort of thing and then eventually he said well come on and, and and debate me on my channel and i knew what would happen and so i said yeah all right i'll do it and it was horrific you know and he was just tremendously rude and interrupted every five seconds yeah and i thought you know it could backfire on me <clears throat> and of course the people in, on his channel were saying you know what an idiot this phil is you know relying on intuition and stuff like you know just creating yeah. all these straw man arguments mm -hmm. and uh, and so i said to bart hey have you seen this one check check out this this dan wilson dude and he said all right let's have some fun and uh, go on and, and he can take the science bit and so that's how it happened and i think that's how you found us right yeah that's, <laughs> well, that's how i found you guys before i say what i want to say uh, um um, I want to go back to the, uh, one thing for 10 seconds, the steak, uh, the steak thing I showed you and the seven yeah. days um, for eyewitness, for the people listening, my own, my own personal account, just seven days in my stomach feels emptier and I don't feel hungry. My stomach feels emptier and I don't feel hungry because people that are that are big on carbs or big on whatever vegetables, they they just want to eat more. I lost seven pounds in seven days. I put on the quarantine 15 when, you know, during COVID or whatever, because uh, as a volleyball coach and a player, I'm, I was a former player, so I would eat five times a day. And you know how we eat. We eat like fucking idiots, dude. We, we're, 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 we eat like fucking morons. So I just wanted to get that caveat out of the way. Now, getting back to what you were saying, Dr. Dan Wilson, Dr. Thomas Moore, and some of these, some of these other people, uh, for my, my audience listening, these guys are... are some of them are scientists, some are radiologists, some are whatever, uh, and they go on Twitter. And what they do is they spend hours and hours of their day preying on people who are non-scientists and shaming them uh, um, into not taking the vaccine, uh, which is, if they were actually MDs, uh, is, is unethical. You're not, you're, not, you're not supposed to fucking do that. Okay, there's something called the Nuremberg Code, meaning the Nuremberg Code means you're not allowed, you are not, as an MD, you're not allowed to coerce someone into not taking it or coerce someone into taking it. Say, these are, these are my facts based on my data. And if, and if the, the patient disagrees, the patient goes to a second opinion. So for everybody else listening at home, I'm not a doctor, but there's a socio-economical thing that you're not that the doctor's not qualified to talk about. I'm qualified to talk about it as a that was That was such, such a good point you made in a Bart interview, you know, and it's one I was trying to make. What, what the fuck qualifies them to talk about what, what, um, what my yeah. second opinion should be? Yeah, and they don't say, see the socio-economic issues. No. They don't see the, you know, the terrible uh, mental anguish of these people, you know, who have been fooled by this nonsense. I made Thomas they, Moore apologize. Huh? I made Dr. Thomas Moore, one of his biggest supporters, Darren Wilson, I made him apologize on Twitter. 
because he said I was lying when I said that the, the, the vaccine does not prevent prevent transmission. And, and they're like, well, that study's in. And I'm like, no. I said, the CDC director said that in August. Oh, you're lying on this and that or whatever. So I put the video up and I put apologize. <laughs> I put the video of her saying it. And then what he says, well, just because the director says that doesn't mean the CDC is saying that. She, she's not in the lab. And I'm just like, just say, dude, just say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry and, and move on with life. You you know, I fucked you I fucked you in front of your friends and I know you feel a little bit embarrassed because you guys are supposed to be the smart ones. But you, but and again, I'm I'm not trying to brag, but my debate skills and my 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 ability to use um, the Ten Commandments of Logic, and I'll I'll pull it up if you want so everyone can read while we're talking. Uh, um, just using the Ten Commandments of Logic uh, brings the argument to to what's right and what's not right. And I didn't I didn't like what was going on. You heard me rant last week because they're uh, um, and here's where I break my first commandment: uh, Thou shalt not attack the person's character, but the argument. So I'm gonna break this commandment. They're fuck, they're cowards. They're cowards. They're preying on non-scientists because they they have this. They, first of all, they're a gang with a, with a higher scientific IQ, and they and they come in numbers. And anyone who even remotely says anything different, they're getting hazed on Twitter. And my wife is so mad at me for even engaging. I, I spent two 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 and a half days engaging with them, and she's like, I can't believe, you know, what I'm saying that you 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 could be playing a coaching you could be watching videos you could be playing avengers whatever you could be in the park with me and braxton i got a five-year-old and you you choose to engage in these people and, I, and i'm like that's because that's how i am built i am i am i am a new york a kid from brooklyn new york and i'm a kid who served in the military and i'm a kid who uh very much like captain america if you see something that's not right that's something i don't run away from it i i, I my my dna runs towards it you know and now people will be like, oh, now he thinks he's Captain America. No, we're both from Brooklyn. And no, we, 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 run, we run towards the problem and not away from the problem. And that's where the comparison stops, okay? I don't have a fucking shield, all right? I don't have, you, you know. But I'll tell you what, Captain America would look like me when he turned 50. Actually, no, he's like, what was he like? He got frozen, right? So he's like 70 <laughs> looking like that. So I take that back too. So uh, I'm ranting, but I'm also bringing it back full circle. The what, how do we, you, me, Bart K, and there's so many worthy people, how do we get some of these bullies to just get them in a room and just talk, right? Just talk like, like what's happening with Malone, some of it's right, some of it's wrong. But now I, I, I'm starting to think it's not about Malone. I think it's about going after the last bastion of hope for free speech in, in the United States of America, and that's the stand-up comedian. The Louis C.K. went after him. That whole thing where he's masturbating with a girl's permission, they kept that in their back pocket. Dave Chappelle, they, they tried to cancel him, but Dave Chappelle already told Hollywood, um, keep your $50 million, I'm getting off the bus, and I'm going to walk. So uh, Joe Rogan, um, right now, his ratings are just ridiculously high. Like no one's even close. I actually have a stat. I'm gonna pull this stat up for you. Um, about see what happened with with um, um, Spotify and Neil Young recently. Yeah, and Joe yeah, Rogan. He's an idiot. Hold on. Here's um. Watch this. This is the United States. This is the Q, the the Q 2021 media ratings, uh, which is 
probably is probably like late November, December. Look at Rogan. Look at CNN, which we, 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 we as a general level, the last two elections have lost all respect for. Fox News is always going to have more higher ratings as Carlson because people have accepted that as satire. You know, they don't they already know. In fact, the judge in court ruled Tucker Carlson uh, is not to be taken seriously. <laughs> and Fox News said they're not to be taken seriously. So um, how do we. Do, does the truth save us? Does does just sticking to this uh, help us weather the storm? It, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, we wrestle with this a lot with the, the my my colleagues at the Red Pill Revolution, and and I think we've largely given up with with trying to persuade people. I think you know the attacks we have on our social media and stuff have really died down. People have gone into their corners. They've made up their minds, or they haven't. And they've just stopped attacking. It doesn't. It doesn't really do any good. I. I think Dan Wilson was my last battle. I. I used to have this thing with vegans, you know, where I. I wouldn't be able to resist answering them, and, and I'd be like this all day, you know. And the miss is the same. What are you doing? Leave them alone. She's know? like, you got to be shitting me, right? <laughs> the, the, the difference with me was that there was, a lot, or it was often about health issues, and I knew that there was probably for every one vegan that was attacking me and sending me death threats. There was probably five that were going, hold on, this bloke's right. I am having these health problems. I'm getting this and I'm getting that. And I'd often get messages off it saying, wow, this makes sense. This is happening to me. And I've had some really good success stories with that, where the lurking vegans, you know, who are not quite as vegan as the attacking ones. Um, but it's the same with this, I think, that a lot of people have popped up and gone, you know, they've been silent for a while and I've forgotten about them. And they go, hang on a minute, you were right, you know? Because we, on, on the humanunleashed.com, we, we were... We were, we've been making videos about this since March or February or March 2020. Mm -hmm. And it was like, for me, it was five minutes. You know, people are still fooled by this. For me, it was five minutes. I mean, I, I live near Liverpool in England and they brought these coaches in with, with these first people from Wuhan and they were taking them into the tropical disease hospital or whatever. And, and I thought, this is a bit close. Wow, this is weird. And I was watching the news and the, and the coaches came in and there was four of them and the company, the coach company was called Horseman. And everybody had been on, you know, going, oh, it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, this is this is biblical. This is, you know, and anyway, so I thought, all right, I watched the I watched the film of this and I saw these coaches coming in and I had sort of five minutes of like bit of butterflies. What is this? What's happening? It's a bit close to my kids. And then I noticed that none of the drivers of the coaches had any PPE and they had no masks. They had no hazmat suits that they would have done if it had been serious. And I thought, hold on a minute, this is bullshit. <laughs> for me, it was like, seriously, it was about five minutes. And then they all the other guys, you know, who I'd been working with in the Human Unleashed as well, the guys who are in the, we wrote the Red Pill book with, Red Pill Revolution book. And, and they were all the same, like, this is nonsense. And right. so we started making videos from the very start. And it's funny, when you see what we were saying, like two years ago, it's, it's just the same. It must be with you too, you know, you say, finally you see a little chink of it on the on the on the mainstream media and think have they only just caught up to that right and i don't think they have i just think they're being forced to reveal it now i think it's unraveling on its own well you know when yeah when i see the amazing um like i sent you that song you know and it, there's been this song going around all these freedom rallies um you know you can shove the new world order up your ass you can yeah. shove your poison vaccines up your ass and all yeah. of that and we've heard all of this. And a friend of mine, because I'd been part of the Red Pill book, said, you've got to meet this guy, Darren Smith. He's the uh, Darren Nesbitt is his name. He calls himself Smith on social media. 
But Darren Nesby, you've got to meet him. He runs the Light Paper in England, which is a newspaper uncovering all of this that's getting fantastic circulation. And uh, I was at a party with him and then he started playing and then he played that. And I said, did you write that? He said, yeah, I've been singing that for like seven years. And I said, let's get a band together. And so I got the musicians and we've been playing and we recorded it. And it went up to like number one on Amazon downloads in about a day. And it just shows that people are voting with this. They've heard it. They've, and when we go and play these gigs, we play these freedom rallies, you know, the, the, the feeling of it now, you know, like it must be beautiful with the truckers going into Ottawa now. Yeah. You know, I mean, Would you like these, me to, I'll point out something very different. Here's beautiful things are happening. So I oh, think sorry, like, please. I think short answer. I just think it's, I just think it's unwinding on its own, Jason. I think, I think it's in free fall now. Something's gone wrong. And if you can't see it now, really you failed the IQ test. Well, the, the inciting incident or the thing that created this ultimate reversal, um, meaning it went from absurdism to, I don't know, to something else, to romanticism, right? Like absurdism is you're right back where you started from, except it's a little bit worse just for the people at home, all right? Romanticism is you, 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 you're you flawed in the beginning, but if you stick to your virtue, um, you'll come out at, you know, um, okay at the end, like diehard Bruce Willis. He made a mistake being at that hotel, but he, he stuck to his virtue and somehow lived through it. So, so that's just me, the actor in me, because I was, um, my degree's in theater performance. I'm, I'm all volleyball, but, but I went to college just to have fun. Um, the, the inciting incident, if there was an inciting incident, is that you, in the beginning, there were, there were only two categories, anti-vax, oh, nobody's, I'm not getting vaxxed, and there's, then there are those people who um, love the vaccine, they protect the vaccine, almost to a form of Stockholm Syndrome. You could tell the vaccine, you could tell, you could tell these people the vaccine has dog poison, and they're like, no, 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 lies, 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 lies. So, so those were two big categories, and what changed was, and I wrote it on my Facebook post, listen to this, people who are against the vaccine, anti-vax, People who did not get the COVID shot, anti-vax. People who got the first one, but not the second one, anti-vax. People who got the first two, but didn't get the booster, anti-vax. People who are pro-vaccine, but, but against the mandate, anti-vax. So it wasn't, I guess I take that back. It wasn't one inciting incident. It was this, this gradual change where people started realizing that 80% probably 80% of the United States population don't have a problem with vaccines. They just have a problem with people making them do it. This is, you know, this is, this is a free fucking country, dude. We don't do that shit in the United States of America. You don't tell someone that they have to put something in their body. And I bought into that when someone said, what you choose to do affects others. But when that woman in August said that the vaccine no longer prevents transmission, I, I had a change of heart because that's when it becomes a personal choice. And we don't, I mean, these, these cards, these mandates, these, you know, you have to have a passport or this or that. We don't fucking do that shit here in the United States of America. I don't care if you're liberal. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're fucking black, white. I don't care if you love Jodie Foster's dog. I don't care if you like Ted Nugent and Joe Rogan. I don't care if you like Elizabeth Warren. I don't care if you want Bernie Sanders' Medicare for all fucking plan. We do not do that fucking shit here. Sorry, that's an inhale. So the point I was trying to make, that truckers thing in Canada you were talking about, the most interesting thing 
every single American that was part of that rally was vaccinated. So they had to, they had, because they had to be vaccinated to get into the Canadian border. So for the mainstream media to call that an anti-vaccine rally, and for people like the Surgeon General or whatever, you want to go after a comedian when you, when you're on the very same station that's lying to the American people, lying to the American people saying, saying that's an anti-vax rally. Do your fucking job. How about that? Do your fucking job. You're, you're on the network that's calling a, an anti-mandate rally an anti-vax rally. By the way, the same station that said Joe Rogan's taking horse to Wormer. The same station that lied and is doubling down on that lie uh, 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 to, to cover their ass. Oh, we didn't say he's taking horse to Wormer. We said he's taking a medication that's also used for horses. And I'm like, you're a fucking liar, guys. You're a fucking liar. You are a fucking, uh, man, my podcast is going to be flagged for all this language, but I'm from Brooklyn. But you are a liar because when you say it that way, what are the American people going to believe? If you, you phrase it that way, and, and if you don't listen to Joe's, Joe Rogan's podcast, which, by the way, they don't, because if they listen to his podcast, I wouldn't be talking about this bullshit. All right. If you actually listen to a whole episode. So that's where I, I stand on that, that uh, I am. I have no problem with vaccines and I had no problem with the beginning. I, had, I got the first two jabs. My wife's triple vaxxed. My daughter, my five-year-old daughter is not vaxxed. All three of us got COVID the same week. All three of us had the same symptoms. So I don't even know what the hell the problem is. But that's just personal. I can't use my personal experience as a straw person fallacy. I'm not, you know, that's not, that's not how that works. But me personally, you have three different categories. All three of us got it. Same symptoms. So, so that's, well, I think, you, and you, this, you, ain't, this ain't going to be taken down because we're speaking truth. That you, you can only be taken down for misinformation. There's not, a, there's not a shred of misinformation we put on this podcast right now. Not a shred. Go ahead. Oh, it's, it's true. But, but then again, I had one taken down. The, the fourth part of the damn thing with Bart taken down the other day. For and what? I got a strike against, and I got a strike against my channel. For what? For it. <clears throat> Medical misinformation. And we were actually just talking about what the WHO had actually said. But because the fact checkers were not updated on what to no. say, nope. you know, because it was something that was like two weeks old when the WHO was saying something different. <laughs> oh, January 11th. Yeah. Yeah. You can get, you can get uh, shut down for that. It's crazy. I even appealed it for a laugh. And of course they said, no, it is medical misinformation. I'm not even sure what bit they were talking about particularly and probably they're not either. I mean, you know, the fact checkers and you see them, you know, have to have to admit that the fact checkers in court are, uh, are doing protected, you know, protected opinion. It's not facts at no. all. And that was that was really quite revealing. And then I, I understood that um, they do something called lateral something analysis. I can't remember lateral something, but um, it was it was funny because I, that, that sounds kind of cool. But you know what they're trained in? What? They Google what? it and then check it on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never heard of deletionism before, I guess, huh? <laughs> no, I, I no. Mean... So you know, this is what the fact checkers are doing. So it's it, it's it's an amazing time, and it's funny, isn't it? You know, I mean, here you are, you've had your vaxes. I wouldn't take them for if they turned up at the door with ten million in cash, but I well, don't care. Oh no, it's... ten million! Come on, I don't know. <laughs> I swear. I know you would. I swear, really swear. <laughs> Me, I might have a price. I'm it goes, kidding. Because it goes against all my principles. But then again, if somebody's taken them, that's their business. 
-hmm. You know, there should be no hostility, this division, this, you know, it's a free choice, as you say. And now the people are coming over and seeing the problem with these mandates. Well, here's, sorry, here's the site. Sorry about that. Let me, um, let's do that and let's do this. Here's the actual site. And this is the World Health Organization and it's titled Interim Statement on COVID Vaccines in the Context of Circulation for Omicron. So this is a specific study for Omicron. This was uh, uh, not for Delta, for whatever. And they, they're, they're basically the discussion and the analysis and, the, their, and their, their preliminary findings were totally focused on how the booster applies to, to Omicron. And you're right because the, the American Academy of Pediatrics ignored this finding. They had their own. And the CDC a week later was saying something different. And maybe even the WHO is saying something different. But th- that was dated January 11th. And it was their preliminary finding. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their final conclusion. But to summarize what they were saying was uh, this. Basically, a vaccination strategy based on repeated booster doses of the original vaccine composition is unlikely to be appropriate or sustainable. So in, in, in layman's terms, from, from my people living in Hermosa Beach, from my Republican space rangers and my liberals in New York, basically they're saying, we're totally down with vaccines. Just come up with something that's more specific for Omicron. But until then, we can't, we as the World Health Organization can't say that this is appropriate or sustainable. And that's why um, the United States has ignored that. Uh, um, the Surgeon Generals, uh, uh, I don't know if ignored that. Maybe they've taken it and they disagree with their findings, and that's fine. But to say that's medical information just because they disagree with it doesn't make it so. And that's, that's, that's what's going on in the United States of America. And if you look at the other, the other nations, you're, you're in the UK now, right? Sorry, I, I lost your sound. Are you? Me now? Yeah, I got you. You're in the UK? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the UK, yeah. Um, and have they lifted the mask mandate? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. but there's still people walking around with them. That's fine. Right. We'll let them. I mean, why not? Let them, let them do their thing, right? Uh, uh, look, there are people that, are still, that, are still, that still think eating meat is a bad thing, right? We're not going to stop them from doing what makes them happy, you know, but... Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not a mask shamer, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, um, and the, pro- the other problem I have, you had your YouTube video taken down and they weren't specific about medical information. They use it as a generalization. So when, yeah, on your, they, they can just use it. They never tell yeah. you exactly what it was. No. But on your appeal, you, I always make sure I, I, I actually give them links and I give them sites and I actually in the bottom, I just say apologize. And sometimes when I say apologize, they, they, if they're a person saying that, it's like, ah, no, we have to be right. Fuck you. We've decided after looking at it that you're still wrong. And I'm like, who's we? <laughs> we after looking at it, we've decided because that's I've been having that problem with copyright infringement. I be, I take volleyball games, and um and I do uh video video breakdown on those volleyball games. But if someone's playing a song in the back, they're saying I ha- they take my monetary rights or I have to split monetary rights. I'm the most viewed. My, um, I am the most viewed volleyball youtuber right now because i when i moved to california i knew i had to start over so i built my brand and got coaching jobs and this and that doing that my most viewed video for 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 beach volleyball is 3.4 million um and i challenge you and anyone else listening that um 
if they have a video that has more views than that, that that's volleyball, then that's fine. You know, um, I'm not the most weekly viewed or monthly viewed, but my top two videos are 3.4 million, one's almost a million, and I average about 10 to 15,000 views on YouTube. The podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, we average 15,000 views an episode. Bart, Bart K's already up to 16.1, you know, yeah. so, yeah. So, um, but... Yeah, I don't I don't usually promote this on YouTube. So I'm not I mean, I, I have a, a I put an edit up later on YouTube. And you know, if they want to mess with me fine, have at it. It's it's because that's not my YouTube's not my platform for the podcast. Um, but I, I, um, I want to go back to the naturopathic uh, thing, and which is your specialty, which is your, your wheelhouse. And not, not so much naturopathic, more the, uh, the sort of just ancestral way of, of seeing things. I please. mean, I, I just finding out that really subtracting things is the most important you know i have a course out there the, the subtraction method for autoimmunity which is just taking away the things i mean there's an old saying isn't there that you know if you're sitting on a nail or a pin or something and it's hurting don't take an aspirin get off the fucking pin right <laughs> it's much more effective right and so you take away the things that are causing it and it's identifying those things which right. are none of the things we've ever really been told I agree. Yeah. Well, I um, I worked at Wild Cornell for 17 years. All right. In New York, one of the best top 10 medical colleges in, in America. I worked off site for a world renowned cardiologist named Dr. Rosenfeld. And if you have time off 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 camera, uh, um, you, you'd love this guy. He's just this guy that was the doctor of the stars. He became a millionaire selling books and then just decided, I don't want to be the spokesperson for Lipitor or this or that. I'm just going to, he wrote a book on alternative medicine. He wrote a book called Doctor, What Should I Eat? Which changed my life. I was 265 pounds when I got out of the military and I, and I dropped the weight just, just reading some of the things and found out some of the foods that, that you know, that they're prescribing. I liked anyway. So, um, yeah, I heard I heard yeah. that on Bart's chat. Well done. Man. Yeah. Very good. But I want to tell you about a, a, a woman named Diane, administrative secretary at my job, 15 years in. She, as she got older, she started becoming stiff and she started to have, I, I don't know if it was osteoporosis or osteoarthritis, but her fingers become arthritic. She couldn't really type uh, as fast anymore and she had to take these long breaks. And then one day she walks in, she has a cane because the cane is helping her walk and this and that. And she saw um, a naturopathic doctor, right? Because those in the United States, the homeopathic and naturopathic doctors are not, they're not MDs. The, some of them are academics and some of them, they, this is, this is their, it's more like physical therapy. But those, to me, these, those are the real fucking heroes. Okay. Because this woman's on medication for this. She's on Vioxx for that at the time, Vioxx before Vioxx got taken off the market for osteo. So it was osteoporosis. Cause that's what Vioxx is for, right? Osteoarthritis or osteoporosis. Maybe, but well, osteoarthritis is a joint issue and osteoporosis is a bone density issue. Right. So, so no, it's osteoarthritis. Both so, of them are destroyed by the very medications that they they, they say yeah. cure them. Well, yeah. yeah, of course, it was approved by the FDA yeah. too. So, but, <laughs> yeah, the gold standard. But anyway, um, she saw this doctor, and the doctor said, "Look, this is a glycemic chart. This is uh, where you know fruits or, or grain, uh, not grains, but like fruits, a dessert, so whatever." She says, "You're not going to go cold turkey, but here's a list of things." that you want to stay away from because they're higher on the glycemic blood sugar and the glycemic index than others. And a year later, and I lost 65 pounds, but I'm a guy, I'm 6'1", so you lose weight, I just look like a guy that's in shape. This, when a woman loses 60 pounds, <laughs> you know, are you okay? You're drawn, and she's like, I'm fine. 
I have a question for you. Where's the cane? <laughs> Do you see me with a cane? And the sad thing about people that are in your line of work, the only sad thing is that once they realize it, they don't really need you anymore. You don't need each other anymore. So it's almost sad. It's almost sad to like see them go. We're, not, we're probably not going to talk to each other anymore, most likely. But so, and I guess my question is, how many lives have you changed that was kind of similar to my friend Diane, what I was talking about? Man, countless. I mean, I I, I don't know of, of the clients that I that I I help. <laughs> Because of what I do, I mean, I have people coming to me with all kinds of issues. I mean, they come with type two diabetes. It's so easy. That was hers. That. Yeah, that was hers. That's nothing. You can fix that in no time. But you know, it shouldn't even be classed as an illness. It, it, it's it's a joke. There shouldn't be a department for it in hospital. Well, there shouldn't be many of the departments in hospitals. But um, mostly, I get people because of, of of what I had and because of the book that I wrote and the videos I made. I get people coming to me with um, autoimmunity, particularly arthritis. And the thing is, I, I need to change their viewpoint that there really is, you know, they, they, they get fooled by the docs. They say, you're not going to heal. You can't cure. You've got to, you've got to, can't cure yourself. Diet won't work because they get trained one day in diet in their whole seven years of learning to be a legalized drug pusher, you know, and, and diet won't work. And um, you have to take these pills for the rest of your life to manage it. But we have to keep checking your liver because these pills, they blow up your liver, most of the meds. So people come in in, in, in in a terrible state quite often. I mean, it's lovely when somebody comes and goes, I've just been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I don't want to take their drugs. Can you help me? I'm going, yeah, this will be easy. When somebody comes to me and they say, I've been on the meds for 10 years, 20 years, even five years, it's much more difficult. It's possible. But you, you're, the body is also fighting these horrendous chemicals. You know, the, the body never got sick due to a, 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 a deficiency in, in pharmaceutical drugs. And so when they come along, they're, they're in these states. And it is, it, it's just so beautiful to see it because you go back to this natural uh, ancestral human diet and the gut heals. A lot of this autoimmunity is, is, is rooted in a leaky gut. And then proteins get through to, you know, just to quickly proteins get through into the bloodstream, which shouldn't be getting through. And the body gets into a state of uh, confusion as it attacks similar tissues. And it's known as molecular mimicry, you know. So this is why glutens are so bad, you know, and they go, there's, there's, there's certain parts of the synovium or whatever that are molecularly similar to gluten. So then the body starts attacking it. And you see, the body doesn't know how to work against you. Right. It's just so much to go at that it's shooting, you know, at targets in the dark because that by the time the gut's leaky, it gets so crazy in the body and you just heal the gut. Now, we have some great friends who are uh, uh, Dr. Zofia Clements and Dr. Chaba Tot at right. Paleo Medicina in Hungary. And they are doing brilliant work, absolutely showing with gut permeability tests how this works. And their method is just nothing but extremely high fat animal diet only meat, no plants, no dairy, no egg whites, they can be a problem, that kind of thing. And don't have any of that stuff until the gut is healed. And then maybe you can reintroduce one by one. But their success rate is enormous. And basically, it's very simple. It's not rocket science. People think you're nuts when you say how simple it is to heal an autoimmune condition, because yeah. the docs overcomplicate it. And it took me 30 years of studying diet before I even got anywhere near what right. was actually going to heal people. Yeah. because it's 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 hidden as the most dangerous food 
you know this red meat is going to give you cancer yeah yeah the fat is going to give you heart disease and it's total nonsense just ignore all the studies look into our ancestry people did not have these issues yeah you know but then you look and then people go oh well they only live to 40 well no that's because of of, of accidents trauma child uh, mortality infant mortality if you actually look at the people who are 80 90 100 or even more in these tribes they're dancing they're climbing trees they're not in care homes living a slow death people say we live longer no we just die slower nowadays in the west yeah on these horrible medications and so you see these people come back to life and hey you say how many have i helped I, I i couldn't possibly count because not only have do i help people personally but i have a a Facebook group called 100% Carnivore and Beyond, because we deal with the other things like the EMFs, the artificial light, emotional issues, all the wheels of health, you know, the spokes of the wheel of health, if you like. And, and then within the Human Unleashed group, you know, with the amazing Dr. Jeremy Ayers and Graham Norbury, Ben Hunt uh, and John Gusty. And, you know, we all have our own areas of expertise and we see so much healing. We share all these healing stories. It's so funny because you get, you get a message on, on 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 YouTube or something from some crazy vegan saying you're killing people, you're spreading misinformation. Or Dan has told me I'm I'm, I'm killing right. people. And, and then you look, <laughs> yeah, you how look many people died? Yeah, yeah, no, none exactly. And you look in your email and and you've got these beautiful stories. Wow, I can walk again. God, I can play with my kids again. And you know, even even you know, there's a huge connection with the gut and 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 the uh, mental issues. You know. Um, psychological issues and all kinds of things. You see depression. I've got a beautiful, I used to have a little podcast. It's called hundred, uh, just Carnivore and Beyond. It's on iTunes. And there's one with Brett Lloyd on there. And he's lovely. He's a carnivore. He's been carnivore about five years now, I think. But he was in tears for a lot of this podcast, just remembering how, he, how ill he was, how sick he was, and how maybe some cannabis helped him a little bit. But he was on these meds and he was so depressed, very, very severe depression. And then going carnivore, now his gut's healed and he doesn't have a hint of this depression. And it's just looking back on it and the, the, the gratitude that you see for these people, you know, <clears throat> from these people for, for, for these illnesses turning around. And you see, and you, you know, if you, if you see somebody with rheumatoid arthritis or something, you say, oh, you know, just eating meat, nothing else will fix you. You can tell them that like that. They'll tell, they'll that, tell you you're crazy, but. <laughs> but they get, yeah, you're crazy. You're absolutely mad. You need, <laughs> you need your five a day. You're going to get scurvy. You know, come on. Six yeah. years in, I'd have scurvy by now, right? Yeah. I don't have scurvy. Yep. You know, it's it, the, the, the vitamin C, you know, it competes, yeah, Bart to explain this probably better, but it competes for the same pathways with carbohydrates. So when you're not eating carbohydrates, you don't need the vitamin C. Look at the Inuit. They don't die of scurvy. Right. You know, um, the, the ship's captains knew that if you went onto a fresh meat local diet, that you would cure scurvy, not only prevent it. But nature knows that if you have sugar, you need the vitamin C. So it puts that in berries, ah, you know, that you would eat seasonally. And, and there's also high deuterium in berries and they have the sun to deplete the deuterium. It's just nature knows best. It's just common sense. And then when the science catches up, beautiful. You know, you listen to people like Paul Saladino, carnivore doc, Paul Saladino. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is deep, deep into the science. He's this a his savage. Science. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll explain why all this is happening, but you don't need to. Like a great, great a friend of mine who did the uh, um, uh, foreword to my book, Dr. Jack Cruz. Now, he, he, he was my complete inspiration and really fixed me through his website, you know, and then I got to know him. I talked with him and 
we, we know each other now. He did the forward to my book. But like he says, you know, and he goes his as well, deep, deep into the science. He's more into the whole thing of light and whatever. But right. the food is connected. But he says, look, you know, you can know all this, but the lion and the hippo, they don't need to know this stuff. <laughs> they just do it, right? No, exactly. And, and, and it's it's that simple. This is the kind of thing that the Dan, you know, data Dan and, and his people of his mentality, they can't believe anything that isn't in a randomized controlled trial. Well, what's wrong with looking at a whole culture like the Inuit? They don't eat plants and yeah. they are fine. Yeah. Okay, yes, they die quite young. But I mean, what is the life expectancy of somebody going into the Arctic and living on plants? It was about three months because all the explorers used to get scurvy and get sick and die. You know, if you eat like the Inuit, you make it to an average of 40 years, you're doing damn well. But if you see the 80, 90 year old Inuit on their original diet, they don't have heart disease. They don't have cancer. They don't have any of this stuff. In fact, they don't even know what cavities are in yeah. teeth. I mean, we see even small cavities, not ones that have gone through to the pulp, but you see them healing up on a carnivore diet, mm -hmm. you know, actually teeth healing. And this is supposed to be impossible. The things that we see are impossible. If we said the things that we see, I mean, we have some spectacular cancer reversal. You know, yeah, there's a video on YouTube. of I was talking to docs about the carnivore diet. And there's, you can actually see I've got pictures of my 90 year old mother at the time, uh, uh, her breast cancer reversing on a carnivore diet and an iodine protocol and to have an oncologist turn around and go what how did you do that when he was mocking me you know you're a quack this will never work none of these things will work and she never took the drugs but she used to go see him and he'd check up on her and then finally he sort of i didn't say anything when it had reversed you know it all the skin had come back to normal whatever and he examined her and he turned around to me and he you could see he was just silent and then he turned around and said how on earth did you do that right and right. i said well i told you how i did it i said is that let me let me push that, back. Let me push back. Hold on. One sec. One sec. It's just, yeah, no, just go ahead, Jason. Finish off that little story. Because he said, I said to him, is that the first natural cancer reversal you've seen? And he went, yes. And I said, you're an oncologist. You haven't seen any. I'm a drummer. I've seen loads. <laughs> and, you know, oh, it's not. Man. Yeah. <laughs> dude. No, you had. Dude, that was the ultimate punchline. <laughs> that 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 was almost a mic drop that maybe not ask uh, try to interrupt and ask my question. Well, my question is, do oncologists and other things attribute something other than 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 what you're prescribing to the reversal? So because uh, to me, I got I mean, we can, you know, we we um, we agree on a lot of stuff. But uh, uh, but for my listeners, uh, um, if if I don't push back on some of the stuff that I know that they're going to ask, I wouldn't, that'd be podcast malpractice. So my question is, do the oncologists and the experts attribute um, something else that might be, uh, that might attribute to that reversal that you were just talking about? Well, you know, they, they sometimes they just say, oh, well, it's spontaneous remission or sometimes, you know, but they don't investigate. Like, it's funny how so many people who do these protocols of taking away the things that cause cancer, I don't know how to cure cancer. No, the body no. does. Right. Right. I mean, I said to the oncologist, what is the, the thing that really reverses cancer? It's the body, right? We all have cancer cells in the body at any given time, but the body can mop them up and it takes care of them. Now, what causes it to get out of control <clears throat> and to, to, to grow this tumor or to get autoimmune or what, whatever it is that, that our problem is? Well, it's obviously some kind of confusion in the epigenetics, you know, it's it's not genetic. They say, oh, you're going to get that because you have this genetic. It, it's nonsense. 
and so they can they they can explain it away all kinds of ways you know i went back to my rheumatologist <clears throat> when i was like 98 better and i, I thought i'll I, an, an appointment came up i didn't make one you know you get six months checks or yeah whatever. okay came up, i thought great i'll go see him and i'll say look at this look what i've done and i was in his waiting room and everybody else was on crutches and they had sort of joints bandaged up and they were eating like chocolate and biscuits and whatever out of the handbags and i was i was fine and i sort of danced into his office and i said hey check out what i've done and he said no the process goes on it'll get into your heart and lungs and then it'll kill you and you should still be taking methotrexate which is this awful hand-me-down cancer drug that when the patents run out and they can't make too much money of it they go and poison the arthritics with it you must be taking that. I went, no, man. I mean, and, and he got so angry with me in the end, he was actually frothing in the corners of his mouth. And I just said, do you, do you know that when that sort of froth builds up like that, it can actually be a sign of heart issues. And he just went mad and he couldn't even speak. And I, I left and I never went back. Right. And I've always wanted to prove to, to, to people that this works. But you see, the funny thing is, it's an old thing, isn't there, that you can't really convince somebody of something when their livelihood depends on them not being convinced. Right. And, and this is an important thing because when you see the docs who have come across to this kind of thing, like Zofia and Chaba at Paleo Medicina, like Dr. Sean Baker, you know, the carnivore doc, who I've been on his podcast and whatever, and he's totally with it. You know, he finally sees people healing. Dr. Ken Berry, Paul Saladino, there's many docs out there who've come across to this, whether it's keto or whether it's carnivore, they, they can't, they seem to be going, more towards carnivore now when they realize more about plant toxins and the problems they cause. But these docs are doing it and they say, we had to give up, we had to stop. You know, either it was, we had to fix ourselves and we realized the medical system had nothing for us in the field of chronic disease, or we saw patients getting so much better that we just needed to take notice. And then they say, we're doing this to apologize for the harm that we caused. Now, listen, people put me down as completely against the medical system. Now, if I break a leg, I'm not going to have a cup of herbal tea or even a steak, right? I'm going to go to the hospital and I'm going to get it set. And these are the good things in modern medicine. You know, there are certain ways that they can save your life with acute things and with, um, with uh, trauma. But seriously, have you ever heard of anybody curing a chronic disease with pharmaceuticals? No, it doesn't happen. But the other problem is, which is what people see. And what I was caught up in, it took me 30 odd years to see through it. There are also a load of what they call snake oil salesmen out there who really don't understand. And they have some potion and they say, this will cure that, right? We have this supplement, this herb that will cure that. Doesn't work like that. These might have some benefits. They're like polishing agents. But as I always say, hose the mud off the car before you polish it, right? And, and hosing the mud off the car is, is, is the subtraction. It's taking away all the things. If you're eating a whole load of pizza and pasta, there is no supplement that's going to cure you of rheumatoid arthritis. You need to stop eating that pizza and pasta, those grains, those seed oils, those tons of sugary desserts, whatever it is you're eating that are ruining the gut that humans are not designed to eat. Right. You've got to stop eating them before yeah. the little things might work a bit to smooth things out in the months to come, but not right now. If you've got somebody who's saying, here's a little potion, that's going to cure you. He's just the same as a doctor. Although I have to say that I have more respect for those people selling supplements only because they haven't completely destroyed lives like the people who are on chemo and whatever, who get really killed by the chemo much more than they get killed by the cancer. 
and the the biggest cause for bankruptcy in 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 the u.s is is dying in america medical bills dying in america is the most expensive thing you can do in the united states of america exactly and they often take it from people's estates because they're already dead right they killed them and then they robbed them and and this is the absolute uh uh, criminal business of Mm -hmm. of modern medicine now the doctors are not evil yeah. They've just been brainwashed into thinking this is the way no, to do it. No, the doctors are just trying to help people. I'm not yeah. even mad. I went on this rant about the scientists. I'm not mad at scientists either. At the end of the day, they get this data and this they, they're taught on how to interpret the data and disseminate the information and come to these conclusions under peer review, right? That, th- that kind of work is noble because you get in that kind of work because you want to help people, right? I mean, almost every profession you could think of that has their share of fucking idiots, right? Even a lawyer, a lawyer didn't get into it, right? A a person goes into law school because they love the law. Some some are thinking money and this and that, but there's something that had some nobility to it that that want to make that would want to make them proud if they got to the end of the road where they got that piece of paper that says you're a doctor you're a lawyer i'm proud of it right in the military right you join in the military you graduate boot camp you turn into this this completely different person you lose a few pounds you your your jaws more square your cheekbones are high you're standing straighter you know in, in graduation your parents are there uh, it's you're proud of it you're proud to be a soldier so there's there um almost in every field uh and i'm not I, I promise i'm not going far away from this almost everything you go to um there is an element a heightened element of nobility uh that comes with the intention and then at the end maybe you're jaded or and at the end maybe you realize it but shit, i gotta make this money i got my family and then there's some people like no no what i'm doing is right it's helping people maybe maybe not so quick story about pizza uh, my family has something called pizza night every single Thursday. It's like a family tradition. And I, I'm i on this carnivore thing. And I'm like, I'm going to find out really, really quick how deep my love is or how, or how this is working for me neurologically. Last night was pizza night. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, sound. Oh, he, you got me now? Can yeah. you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Sorry. Yeah. Sometimes this mic takes a while. It's a Yeti mic. It takes a while when but, you turn it up. I just put I put put the mute on because the kids are noisy. But thir- listen, Thursday, last night was pizza night. I didn't yeah. have pizza. <laughs> I didn't have oh, pizza. You could have done. Huh? You could have done. Let me tell you the secret. It's a pizza. Oh. Right? You get a load of ground beef. You roll it out thin. You, you, you bake it in the oven. And then you put your toppings on it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, look, it wasn't hard for me because I moved from New York to California. To pe- look, I, but I wasn't sure if the reason was me being a New Yorker and moving to California, realizing the pizza sucks out here. There's just no pizza. I mean, love you, California, but there's a place called, there's a deli actually called Mickey's, which is my last bastion, I hope. But I didn't know if it was easier for me to say thanks, but no thanks because I'm over the pizza here or if it's just this continuation of this seven day thing, because I, I started to feel the not want to eat those things day three. Like you were talking about people 90 days in or a month in this and that day three. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just do this. So um, before um, I drive us both off the cliff and then you have to put us back on the road. I want you to tell a story for my audience about a specific person who before they, they won in this carnivorous thing, what their condition, just the story you remember distinct, you, there, there's so many of them and I just want you to focus on this one. Uh, um, I want you to focus on one particular story 
where someone was really, really, really bad in the beginning and some of the things you said uh, are to help them or some of the things you did to help them change, change the way they walk, change the how they look. Uh, uh, change their 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 mentality in life. There has to be. There's always one. And I know you said there's so many. I can't remember. No, 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 no. I don't fucking buy that. There's always one. The floor is yours. Tell me the one. Well, I tell you, I tell you actually one which 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 I I, I really I like the best. But it's actually not not the best healing story. But it is it, it's one of the best stories about <clears throat> the psychology of it. Um, because I, I was reminded because she 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 contacted me the other day as well and she's messed up now and so it slipped back a bit but uh this this was a beautiful one i got some messages on my phone from this lady and she'd found me somewhere and she just put some voice messages on i'm in so much pain she was she was kind of in tears i'm in so much pain i can't walk i, I you know my all my joints are so swollen i can't take it anymore i don't know what to do I've been trying veganism. It doesn't seem to work. You know, I've been vegan for a while. Wow. And, and I remember saying to my missus, I was in the car when we picked it up and I said, that's a difficult one. Cause when they're vegan, you've also got to uneducate them from veganism, you know? And she goes, no, do you, you never know. You never know. You know? So I said, well, I'm happy to help, but I can't really help you if you're going to stay vegan. And she was like, I can never, ever eat meat. I could never do it. And I said, well, it's going to be, I would say, impossible, really, to reverse this. You'll hear some stories here and there where maybe if it was just caused by gluten sensitivity and somebody cut that out and went vegan, it might get better for a while before the plant toxins and the, and the malnutrition builds up. But really, long term, it, it, it doesn't work. <clears throat> and um, it was just a, a, a quite a long battle with her. You know, I'll, maybe I'll eat a little bit of salmon. Maybe I'll eat a little bit of... I'd say, no, it isn't about eating meat. It's not meat that cures you. What heals the gut is not eating any plants. I keep having to put this across to people. And it's got to be a very high fat diet as well. Not just eating lean steak. That won't work. And, and she, she was saying, I could never do that. I could never do that. And, and fights went on for a long time. You know, and then finally she got in so much suffering. Oh, I'll try it, you know. And then now I've, I've, I've heard... You know, well, it was a while. It took a while and it was it should have only taken a month or two, but it probably took about six or eight months. And then finally, I got this thing, this message. I am so overjoyed. I can't tell you how how happy I am. I'm running around now. I can take my kids to school. I can do anything I want. You know, it was so beautiful from this vegan thing. And then she'd finally got into the meat. She got over that psychology as well of not being able to eat meat. And now she just loves it. She got, I've And I've heard this so many times. I have never enjoyed my food so much as I enjoy it now. And I've also never had such a connection to nature as I have now, because now I understand about farming. I understand about good and bad farming. I understand about how you can put the, the livestock back on the land. You know, this is a beautiful thing about it. It doesn't just heal you, where if you took a pill and it healed you, which they never do, they just poison you and they never cure these, these chronic issues. No, and the, you, and the pill's residual, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you, but if you do it this way, it opens you up to so many things and puts you in touch with your sort of ancestral heritage. And, you know, I always say to people, just, just let your inner caveman or woman out and eat that meat, you know, just, just bite into it, go for it and, and lose this fear of it. 
and and they do and and the, it's the magic is in not eating plants and this is what this is what i love and now it's interesting because she phoned me up a, a little while ago oh no sent me a message my knee's swollen it's in pain again you know it's only in one joint now she's she's she it came back in and i just had to look at things and and you've got to be if you go into and stray off that diet even a little bit until the gut's perfectly healed and sealed for about six months then things can happen it was easy to spot things there's little things coming in here they people try and add things supplements which often contain fillers with corn and soy and all that crap you know taking supplements they don't need having oh i put a bit of pork back in and chicken now this is not good because they've never eaten what they're supposed to eat they get fed grains and soy so it's just like eating that crap really and and you know no get back to the grass-fed ruminants and this is what it's very typical but this lady particularly i loved it because it was just the desperation of that first message that I got and the pure joy of another message, you know, further down the road. And that's what I love to see, that just the complete joy of when finally you have your health back by doing something that everybody would tell you is completely insane. Yeah. I think about what you just said and the story I told about my 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 friend, Diane, that, that secretary I worked for for 15 of my 17 years. Those are the feel good stories. Look, I can go, I can make this about me and talk about all the weight I lost and this and that. But, but, um, I'm, I'm trying not to do that for one whole episode. <laughs> and I still, I've, I've, I've already feel like I failed in that category. But, um, but I love hearing stories like that uh, because at the end of the day, you people can be righteous about meat. They could be righteous about vegetables. They could be righteous about vegetarianism. They could be righteous about veganism. At the end of the day, you want to do something that enhances your quality of life. And in this day and age, in this information age, where if we disseminate and take in the right information, we be we slowly become immune to old age, right? We we just live and oh we should we should be uh, living longer. I mean it's it's in the news. Oh, people are living longer. Or it might be over. No, we're so you dumbasses. We're so, with what we have access to. You're supposed to live longer. So now I'm gonna ask you some tough questions. Is there no plan? Are you just? Are, I mean, is this? Is this? I'm not issue because you don't have an issue with nothing. But I, I'm, I'm phrasing it that way. What's your fucking issue with spinach? Huh? What's wrong with broccoli, man? Is there no plan out there that's that's like that's like yeah, like forget forget all plants. What's what's up with that? Like for me, uh, um, I will cite as a pretext. I like cold spinach because. Um, because of my bad diet, I was an, I became anemic. I became low low iron. But I, and I but I knew red meat, as well as spinach, were two great sources of iron, and the anemia went away. So that's just for me for personal experience. So, what's your issue with all plants, man? The floor is okay, yours. Right. Come on, let's let's okay. let's. I, I gotta I push back a little bit. I mean, come that's on, they, I, my friends yeah, yeah. lose respect for me, man. <laughs> oh, don't be silly. I these, there's a question that everybody would want to hear mm -hmm. and so would i exactly the right question um well i like paul saladino's phrase that every plant should come with a package insert <laughs> because, <Yes! laughs> because you know what, what people don't realize is that every single nutrient that's on paper in a plant is wrapped up in indigestible cellulose, which does ruin your gut. Everybody's going, oh, we need fiber. No. I mean, I said, um, I was joking with Sean Baker on his podcast about it. And I was saying, look, you know, 
I used to just shit like six times a day or more on a vegetarian diet because it's trying to get it out of you. There's always some irritation there, IBS or something. And now it's one perfect turd in the morning. You know, it could be on the cover of the Bristol stool chart glamour calendar. Right? It's perfect. Right? And, and I want to go just wake up. Petrify the that shit, right? Just yeah, I want to go wake sell up. It for 25 look grand. at this. Look at this. It's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, you, know, you do not need fiber. You don't need it. Everyone's going to argue with me with that. But, you know, Bart mentioned that study. So I won't go into it where they, they did all the, you know, and found out that. So listen to the last episode of, uh, of Bart. <clears throat> you don't need a fiber. So these nutrients that are theoretically in these plants are, are, are wrapped up in indigestible cellulose. So they're not very bioavailable. The body finds it difficult to get to them. And people always say, you know, the vegans will say, I say meat's the most easy to digest food. It gets digested completely. And they go, nonsense, it sticks in the colon, all this crap, it doesn't. Um, and I say, look, you want to prove it? Just eat a steak and eat some sweet corn with it, right? And you tell me what you can see in the toilet in the morning. You won't see any bits of steak, right? You will see a load of sweet corn. Yeah, it's in that, boot, in that right? poop, yeah. So, so we're not particularly adapted to digesting it. <clears throat> we don't. We are not a species that has a beak or an exoskeleton. So we're not adapted to eat these things, these grains and stuff that, you know, that, and, 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 and pulses, they're very, very toxic. Um, <clears throat> but anyone anyway, say, so, so what's wrong with spinach? Well. Spinach has its main problem is it has a lot of oxalates. Oxalates is uh, uh, at a microscopic level. The oxalate crystals are like little shards of glass. They get in the thyroid, they get in the joints, they get in the prostate, they get everywhere. And believe me, when you go, when you stop putting the, the oxalates in, the shedding of oxalates can be hideous. You know, it can be it can take the form of gout. It can t and they blame it on uric acid. No, that's there to that's the paramedic at the car crash, like cholesterol. There was never anything wrong with it. You know, it didn't cause the crash. It's the oxalate dumping in the joints. Um, it, you, you get kidney stones like I did. That is horrific. The pain of those, nobody ever wants them. And the docs think it's to do with eating too much meat. I've eaten nothing but meat for six years. I don't have kidney stones, right? But I did after juicing the spinach. Now, a little bit of spinach, not going to do you any harm. But, I, you know, you do. You, there, is, there is a lethal dose of spinach smoothies, you know. There is. There is a lethal dose where you get so much oxalates, you can't do it. Apparently, depending on how you make it, people have worked it out between three and 30 spinach smoothies done at a sitting, you'll well, probably die. Do they, they do know that whatever nutrition, nutritional value spinach has le left loses its nutritional value when, they, when you smoothie it. You, it loses its nutritional value when you cook it. Well, uh, um, I mean, whatever little that that we can argue that it, that it may or may not have is yeah. is very much lost when when you one cook it and two when you smoothie it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. But then you have, um, the, you know, the leaves and stalks of a plant are not really anything that our ancestors ate. They might use certain herbs as medicines that were mostly used topically, actually, rather than eating, and the fewer plants you eat, the, few, the fewer plant medicines you need to counteract the effects of the plants you've eaten. <laughs> you know, people, when they go carnivore, they generally get their supplement covered and they just throw it out, don't need it anymore. Um, so people say you have need this, nu this nutrient, that nutrient from the plants. Now, we don't need any of those nutrients. Believe me, we don't. I mean, even if you just take our modern fruit and veg, if you took somebody from our ancestry or some hunter-gatherer from a tribe 
around those supermarkets, you know, they would not recognize any of those fruit and veg. They didn't exist more than about 200 years ago. The fruit we bred to be bigger and plumper and more sugary, the, the, the broccoli and cauliflower and all that kind of thing, they just come from the root of one brassica vegetable that we've sort of hybridized and, and messed about with. Broccoli and cauliflower, the cruciferous vegetables, have a, a very nasty effect on the thyroid. They're thyrotoxic, they've got goitrogens in. But anyway, across the plant spectrum, you've got, you've got lectins, you've got goitrogens, glutens, you've got salicylates, uh, oxalates, and many more. They're, plants don't have teeth and claws to defend themselves. They have toxins. And that some animals are adapted to eat them and some are not, you know, a ruminant animal eats grass. We don't eat grass. It makes that into meat and we eat meat. That's the way it is. You know, you want to try eat the grass, you're not going to get very far. And that's the way that the cycle of it has gone forever. We get and hunter gatherer tribes. When you look at them, when you actually go out and talk to them and see the really fit ones, really healthy ones on their original diet, generally the picture you get is this when you're actually talking to them. Their favorite food is very often, if they have it available, they say honey. You know, the Hadza, whatever, in, in Tanzania, they say honey. They love it. But then again, how often do they do it? They can't get it every day. They no. go and have a big binge on it. They, they risk climbing a cliff face to get it to a bee's nest. They risk climbing a tree, getting stung to death, you know, and then they gorge <laughs> on it. And then they go, right, do you know what? I'm not having that for another couple of months. Right. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't do them much harm. But their second favorite, meat, or if the honey's not available, whatever, their, their staple diet is meat. That is really what they celebrate right. when they bring back a fatty animal to eat. That's what the tribe celebrates. They, they don't celebrate a turnip or something, right? The next down from that is the sort of seasonal nuts and berries and stuff that they eat, which doesn't really do much harm. The nuts are no. a bit, are not so great because they have a lot of fiber in them. But Fruit. they also have, those nuts are also sources of omega-3 and, 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 and they're also like cashews are like a top 10 fat burner too. So, I mean, you know, these guys are hunting all this energy and, and there's a reason why they have a six pack, right? I mean, it's not well, just, you know, not just you know, for avocado. <laughs> Bart, Bart pulled you up on the, on the, on the, uh, on the fat burning thing. And I had to totally, I thought, I know what he's going to say here. Go ahead. You know, it's it's the hacks you see look i'm i'm saying everybody should eat this is life right yeah we make our choices we should eat exactly what they like when i'm talking like this i really don't want anybody to think that i'm i'm militant like a vegan i'm just putting it out what is actually the truth out there if you right. dissect a plant and then do an analysis of it there are a load of toxins in there in all of them now not so many toxins in fruit you do deal because it's part of the reproductive part of the plant then you're talking about deuterium, which is another rabbit hole that, you know, we could get into another time. Maybe I would say get get my friend Graham Norbury on your podcast, right. who's part of the Human Unleashed, to talk about deuterium because he really knows what he's on about. But fruit, it doesn't have all those toxins because we're designed to eat it. We are not designed to eat the leaves and the stalks. A plant doesn't want you to eat that because that needs to stay there for them to grow the fruit you know, or the flowers that the bees pollinate or whatever. Right. The, the, the plant produces fruit and we eat it and we go somewhere else and we have a shit and another tree grows or another bush, right? That's what the plant wants. So it, 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 it tempts us in with our um, <clears throat> sugar addiction. We love sugar, you know, it tastes great. Um, although wild fruit is nowhere near as sugary as the stuff is in the supermarkets, but we'd eat it, you know, in season and then we'd spread the seeds around just as the animals do. I believe that fruit is for the benefit of the plants and it's not for the benefit of us. We do not need fruit. But, you know, let's just stay on the vitamin C subject. 
Well, that, I was just getting to that because there's yeah. something important so, you might want to tell us. Yeah, yeah. Well, when 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 the um, uh, when the body doesn't take in any carbohydrates, it doesn't need it. The, a lot of people say it doesn't need any vitamin C. Actually, it does. But there's enough in the meat to give us as much vitamin C as we need. Um, nobody on a long term carnivore diet who eats a good carnivore diet ever gets scared. Well, I've never heard of a case of scurvy. I have heard of borderline vitamin C um, <clears throat> depletion when people go into it with a certain people cannot produce it as well as others. Or if people are eating sort of uh, a, a load of sugary stuff like honey or, or, or some chocolates or something, and then a carnivore diet, you might get some vitamin C deficiency because you're competing with that pathway. Right. But the Inuit never got scurvy. Yeah. They didn't eat any vitamin C. They didn't get scurvy. Why is that? Are they special human beings? No, they're not. They're just the same as us, but there is enough enough vitamin C in meat if you're not eating carbohydrates to never ever get scurvy or anywhere near it. <clears throat> and this is the same with everything. Meat has, it, it, particularly if you eat some organ meats as well, there is no nutrient that humans need that isn't contained within meat. And with the meat, what do you also have? You have no toxins. It's not wrapped up in 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 indigestible cellulose. And there are no toxins in meat. The, the vegans will go, oh, meat's so toxic. No, tell me a toxin in meat, nothing. All they've got is, okay, when they inject them with hormones and antibiotics, but- Well, there's, some, still... there's, there's also a factory farming thing that comes into play, yeah. right? Where your meat, might, course, your yeah. meat might not be your meat, right? So we have to be, yeah, yeah. We, have yeah. to, we, ha we, we have to highlight that. Otherwise, you know, Absolutely. it's, it's Absolutely. just a one dimensional yeah. discussion. But, but you know, animals have livers, they filter it out. There are still fewer toxins in regular factory and feedlot fed beef than there is in organic broccoli right people are going to argue me with with, with that but honestly, i was, oh, was going to get back to the broccoli when you were finished <laughs> i mean our audience isn't going to let us off that easy um before i ask a question about the broccoli i just wanted to note in that last podcast that um dr k pointed out and i want to echo that that i don't know when human beings stop producing their own vitamin C, but it was a scientific, I think it's a scientific fact that we as humans used to be able to self-produce our own vitamin C. How many yeah. years ago was that? That's just a quick question I wanted to- I don't on. know, I don't know. It was interesting. I'm not a great expert on that. Yeah. I was saying, I knew about it and I was interested to, yeah. to hear And Bart it. was impressed that I knew too. I just didn't know the <laughs> yeah. when. Bart, Bart probably knows the when. Dr. K probably yeah, knows yeah. the when, but he, but when I brought that up before he did, he's like, well, fuck, fuck me. <laughs> you're not just a kid. You're not just a kid from Brooklyn, a bloke from Brooklyn. <laughs> so, but no, I was, I was impressed with that too. I'd never yeah. thought of that one, but yes, it's true that some animals can, yeah. but, but honestly, I mean, I, you see, people can argue about this, but for me, I've seen so many cases of it and looked at so much anthropology that. It, it, it makes so much sense. And I honestly, I would have scurvy by now. I'd have something by now, but yeah. actually I've, I've, I've cured rheumatoid arthritis. You started 2015. Huh? You started yeah. 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I pretty much fixed it before that with some okay. of the plants, but I started to realize that I was on a keto diet with a few little healthy green veg, but I realized I felt much better on the days where I just couldn't be bothered with the vegetables. So then I thought, well, let's go carnivore. And I got rid of the last bit of my conditioning that I needed that bit of broccoli on the side. And I didn't. And things uh, uh, improved even more. What's this? Uh, Sorry. You know, no, I've, I've got rid of rheumatoid arthritis, calcifications, arrhythmias in the heart, uh, liver, fatty liver with liver cysts, 
kidney stones. I mean, I could go on and on. The amount of stuff that I had, I had uveitis, the thing that can almost blind you, your auto, autoimmune condition. Um, tons of things, you know, psoriasis, eczema, all these things. And they all go when you just cut plants out, when you cut the, all the plants out. It's quite incredible, really. I mean, look at this little boy, right? He is so cool. He has pretty much eaten nothing but meat, chocolate and breast milk. You know, have you, you've, have you ever had broccoli or vegetables? Yeah, I've only, I've had broccoli. Oh, See? You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just goes, ruined my whole thing. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't, it, it wasn't at our house, that's for sure. <laughs> A few years ago once, but he has potatoes now and again, because going down the ancestral one, where you ask the, the tribes what they like, you've got the nuts and berries next down, and then at the bottom, it's the fibrous veg, fibrous roots, right? right? Okay. And, and that's it. You know, they, they dig these things up and they chew on them. Quite often they don't even swallow them because they know the fiber's crap. What's and this? They hate that's starvation food, those yams and sweet potatoes and stuff like that. That's starvation food to them. And they want to get a kill again. You know, but those things, when you mix them with fat, they're quite addictive. So he, Peter, you know, he'll eat, um, he'll eat fries now and again. He'll eat them. He won't eat potatoes that we make for some reason, you know, if we were making for, for my daughter. But I'm not strict. Yeah. They're, they're like maybe, maybe carnivores suck as cooks for other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they I mean, just suck at those things. <laughs> yeah, it's not ninety percent, ninety percent carnivore. These kids, but yeah, he surprised me. I'm to be honest, really, I'm not. I, he's eaten a few cakes here and there when he's nicked them. He's, he's had this and that. But honestly, you know, he, he's eaten potatoes. But I'm, I'm honestly not sure he's eaten broccoli. I, I don't think he has. Maybe he's identifying it as something else because it wasn't here. I don't think we've had any of that sort of veg in the house since he was born. But, you know, the fact is that even if he's had a bit somewhere else, like one bit of broccoli has not made him that healthy, you know. He is solid. You get his friends who are like the same height. You pick them up and they weigh nothing. You know, they're kind of soggy and they're all full of cocoa pops and, uh, you know, sweets and stuff like that. And he's full of meat and he's ripped. You know, he's got abs and he's got shoulders out here and he's so heavy. And the bone density... He's six. Six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, That's and, awesome. And the, bone, the bone density that he has, you know, I mean, he's got good genetics being mixed race. It always does something great to kids, doesn't it? Dude, you know, it's like, look at Halle Berry, man. Look at Halle Berry. Yeah, mixed, absolutely. Yeah, look yeah, at yeah, Derek yeah. Jeter, right? You know, look, look there's so yeah, many, yeah. so many Barack Obama, you know, um, mixed parents. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. all good but, looking people, too. Hmm? Yeah, but you know, it, it, he he really is incredibly healthy with that, and uh, also incredibly energetic. You know, he's he's at the stage where he can he's he's very uh, flexible with his uh, with his uh, fuels. You know, he can run on carbs, he can run on fats. He doesn't lose any energy if he has no carbs for days. Let's you know, this is this is metabolic flexibility that we're we're designed to have as human beings. But in the end, we get so broken, we lose our ability to really uh, function in a healthy way on, on glucose. And so, you know, to go that ketogenic way and to, to do that really fixes that and gives us our backup fuel, which is probably actually our most, I, I like Bart says, there is no essential carbohydrate, you know? So, and, and this is it. The, you, so the plant thing in a nutshell, <clears throat> there are loads of toxins in plants, right? They're just, are. I'm sorry, guys. If you want to eat them, enjoy, you know, great. But be aware that if you get some issue <clears throat> very often, fixable if you take the plants out right and then perhaps reintroduce the less harmful plants like you know you're not going to get sick from eating meat and fruit meat and fruit fruit in season and meat you're not going to get sick 
Although if you look back at the work of Weston Price, who went round the, the tribes in the you know, early last century, and he was a dentist, if nobody's heard of him, he's a dentist who wanted to find out um, the, the health of people's teeth in different diets. And he found out that the more plants that people ate, the more plants that tribes ate, even ones that were close to each other, like say the Hadza who eat quite a few plants and the Maso, you know, the Hadza are eating mostly meat, but they eat a few plant plants and roots and berries and whatever. They're pretty healthy compared to us. But then you go down the road, there's the Maasai. They live on blood, milk and meat, you know, and it's not the kind of milk that we have in the shops. It's straight out the animal. It's probably A2 dairy, very good stuff. And, you know, they're seven foot tall and they're killing lions with their bare hands. <laughs> and they've got teeth that dazzle, yeah. you know. And anyway, Western Price went around. He found this, that the tribes, even among the natural seasonal foods, the tribes that ate the fewest plants had the greatest health, dental and general, you know. Now, if you eat an ancestral seasonal diet, including some natural plants, which none of which you'll really find in your shops, you, you will... You'll probably have, you know, when you get to 90, you might have a bit of a sticky knee and you might have lost a couple of teeth. It's not like you're going to end up on a cancer ward at 50. No. Like you will if you eat seed oils and grains. Yeah. But, but you know, if you eat, probably, if you stick to the basic ancestral diet, which is ruminant animal, fatty ruminant animal meat, honestly, you probably not have any issues until you have a slight winding down for a few days and then die when you're very old. But, you know, again, the thing is, life is about enjoyment. We take our choices. You know, I was teetotal for 30 years. Now my liver is fixed. I enjoy having some brandy and red wine, right? Uh, and, and no problem because that's my choice. I know it's not great. You know, I might have the odd spliff. Yeah. I might do this, you know. Now I'm healed. I don't mind. But yeah. I don't say it's great. And I'm not uh, militant about any of this. I'm just presenting these facts about plants, which right. really are facts. You know, you could do a chemical analysis on broccoli. You'll find a load of toxins. What's... You do chemical analysis on spinach. You'll find a load of toxins. Hmm. Potatoes, you know, they have glycoalkaloids. It's a nightshade. You eat potatoes when you've got um, rheumatoid arthritis. You're not going to walk the next day. You know, you're going to really hurt. Um, and this is the thing, although people with a good gut, they won't notice they eat potatoes, they're fine. And they go, why would I worry about that? When your gut's really leaky and you're very weak and in that weakened state of, of disease, you, you, you will notice it big time. And so, you know, you notice these things when you get very sick <laughs> and What's... taking them away yeah. reverses that leaky gut and cures all manner of ailments. You know, the reason why docs say diet don't, doesn't work is because they haven't seen the diet that actually does work. Right. Well, yeah, or either that or they're just not willing to. What's the association? This is what I've been trying to probably ask the last 10 minutes. What was the, the association with broccoli and thyroid thyroid problems? I, I, they, they have a toxin in them. You better ask sort of Paul Saladino about that. I mean, okay. if somebody Googles uh, um, uh, cruciferous vegetables and Dr. Paul Saladino, you'll probably get the full breakdown on that. You can, I want you to give me an introductory thing because people are going to read up on it anyway, right? Because there's a lot of people that never heard of this and they're probably going to be like, oh, I disagree. Oh, this guy's not a doctor and this and that. But what we can, <laughs> but no, but what we can do is incite people to, to read up on this by, by giving me an introductory uh, yeah. um, uh, yeah. um, reasoning or association with thyroid problems and broccoli. Thi um, cruciferous vegetables have goitrogens in, which are just basically a toxin that doesn't do well with the thyroid. Right. Okay. That's no, that. Takes care of that. that. Really. 
you know, for a real uh, explanation of all the full pathways of it, it's probably best to uh, to get Paul Saladino. But also, you know, there are, Hashimoto's disease very, very common these days. And, you know, the hypothyroidism. And then there's the hyperthyroidism, Graves' disease, that kind of thing. And it's very, very common these days, particularly the Hashimoto's, the, the sort of hypothyroidism. You know, women, so many women have this. Vegans have it hugely. Um, it, it's an iodine issue. You know, that we, we get the, th the thyroid very full of um, uh, halides. You get it from the fluoride in the water. You get it from uh, the bromide that they put in bread. And, and this displaces iodine from, from the thyroid. <clears throat> and then you add to that goitrogens from cruciferous vegetables, and you've got a real storm for, for thyroid issues. And also, you know, the, the, the cycles of the light, the, the, the circadian rhythms that we get wrong these days, where we're blasting blue light into our eyes in the middle of the night, you know, and people say, and the hormonally, hormonally, this is very important. And people say, oh, that's nonsense to me. And, and, and I say, well, just think of the battery chickens, you know, and they just keep the lights on all the time and they lay all around the clock and they die young and they die sick. You know, it's a horrific way of farming, but that you can trash the hormones with light. So it's not just like if you eat some broccoli, your thyroid's going to blow up. No, no, there is a goitrogen in there that can affect the thyroid. But once you've also filled it with halides like bromine, like fluoride, mm -hmm. all of that, and then you've ruined your circadian rhythm with uh, a hormonal balance with 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 having horrific blue light at night yeah. and, and yeah. not sleeping properly you've got this this is you've got to look at the whole picture it's not just you're going to die from eating a bit of broccoli right no you know not. your kids your that. kid just had broccoli <laughs> your kid just came on camera you asked what he had he's like i had broccoli <laughs> so of course no nah, i get that and that's why I, no but that's why i wanted to bring that up because i just wanted people to uh, there is a, a general discussion of uh, called moderation, which um, I never uh, refer to as lazy because there is there is a truth in moderation of too much of anything is not good good for you. But um, yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that broccoli thing before we moved on to um, to well, some, the, you something know, the else. The poison is always in the dose, isn't it? And some people are more susceptible than others. Yeah. I very much doubt if anybody. Mm -hmm eaten a beautiful low carb diet with everything perfect and added some broccoli and then got a thyroid issue hmm. you know it's it's it is a goitrogen it is a problem for the thyroid but uh but but it's the combination of all the other things you know that the, the toxic western world that we live in that that does these things to us yeah tell so me. i just i just feel better without it if i eat broccoli i fart as a carnivore you hardly fart seriously <laughs> you do one fart a day and you go that's weird you know i remember <laughs> I remember as a, as a vegetarian. <laughs> Not in this you know, family. Like, <laughs> Sorry, my guy. <laughs> yeah, as a vegetarian, I hardly stopped farting. It was like, oh, I stopped farting for a moment. You know, it was it was something to put down in the in the diary. Tell but, tell my lay, layman audience what goitrogen is. Well, it is it is I, it, I, it's it's a it's a toxin that again, you know, I'm no good on this science stuff. It's a toxin that where the goiter is is thyroid is you know when when the thyroid swells up, it's known as having a goiter. Okay. And and so it is called a goitrogen because it affects the thyroid. That's yeah. it. No, I kind of knew what that was, but I, I have to remind myself to walk it back for my audience who yeah, yeah, sure, um, sure. is still 60. I think more still more than half of my audience are, are, are elite athletes and volleyball players, which is ah, cool, which is I mean, you know, this yeah. this business carnival thing I would for athletes. I think it's very interesting because um, if you look at 
what's going on now with a lot of people getting into keto diets. Now, I understand with athletes that are at the top of their performance. Um, now, I to walk it back a bit more that, you know, a, 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 your average human can really adapt from burning glucose to burning ketones effectively and feel fine with no what they call keto flu, where the body's still looking for glucose from the diet. Um, they, they can do that pretty quickly. You know, 30 days, they can feel fine and then they're fine forever. But for an athlete to get back to top performance after they've been do, doing all this carbo loading and really uh, relying on, on carbs, um, it can take a lot longer, right? You know, <laughs> sometimes a year and, and it will be a tail off in performance and then it'll come up again. And a lot of athletes, I understand, even if they believe in this, they won't do it because they can't afford to take a year off, right? So they just carry on with whatever. But if you if you do look at some of the athletes that have that have gone into this keto uh, uh, diet or carnivore diet, particularly, <clears throat> I think if you go keto, you might as well go carnivore and just cut out the plant toxins, right? Because you're burning fat anyway. Yeah, you're right um, there as a, as a fuel. But if you look at some of these people like like uh, Zach Bitter, you know, who who used to do the podcast with Sean Baker that was on the, the what was it called? What was it called? Ah, Human Performance Outliers podcast. You know, he still does that. And he just broke the 100 mile world record of, of ultra marathon. And he's pretty Jesus. much 100 percent carnival. What was, say, what was he, his name again? Sorry, what was his name? Zach Bitter. OK, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and and he's you know he's he's pretty much hundred percent carnival. I said last I heard you know, but he's he, I've heard him talk a lot about it, uh, and I've chatted to him as well on his podcast about it. <clears throat> but he he was like pretty much carnivore, and um and then on the days he would strategically use little bits of carbs on days when he was actually doing a race. But he's he's known for doing huge long races and just take water, you know, when everybody else has got these gels and stuff like that. Because he's such so good at burning the fat, he, he you know, at being fat adapted, that that he can access those fat stores. And and you know, I, I forget the exact figures, but I believe you can only hold about three thousand calories or something as muscle glycogen. And then you know, but at the, the fat stores that you have, you've got a good sort of forty thousand calories or something. It's a lot more. I mean, my figures are crap, as Dan pointed out. I where's the data, Phil? <laughs> but I mean. I know that 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 um, I like to think of it as um, uh, you know fat is like a log on the fire, and yeah. carbs are like throwing newspaper on the fire. You know it burns and it's gone. It burns and it's gone. Right. And if you if you see people um, if you see the athletes that have taken the time to adapt properly to to a, a keto diet, it is quite fascinating. I understand that um, um, at least quite a few of the All Blacks. I'm not sure all of them. But have gone you know the rugby team have have started on a carnivore diet yeah uh, and and you know it's fascinating to see how much a lot of these sort of professional uh, uh nutrition coaches are introducing this idea to people whether they take it up or not i don't know it wouldn't but, be hard for nfl players i mean i mean a lot of those guys are carnivores anyway so it wouldn't be hard for them similar to rugby yeah. but go ahead American yeah, football. I mean, you know it, it's it's just I, again i think it's it's just for everybody to decide but i think that there's a lot less when you get down to the mitochondrial issue and you get into deuterium and the damage to the nanomotors, you know, and what actually goes on that destroys cells, causes aging, autoimmunity, cancer, everything at that level. Uh, a ketogenic diet is a lot more protective of the mitochondria. So I would say, you know, when say, say take who is that? <coughs> who is that vegan? Um, um, 
uh, marathon runner, ultra marathon runner. What's his name? He's got a podcast as well. <clears throat> Why have I forgotten his name? Meany. Um, uh, uh, it's on I, the tip of my tongue. Everybody's yeah. listening to this, shouting it out. <laughs> I could, but anyway, I would say very interesting to look at um, the difference between him and Zach Bitter when they retire. Right. See who has the most injuries. See, Zach's saying, you know, a lot of the people who have gone carnivore and keto say they recover a hell of a lot quicker as yeah. well from, from each sort of bout of exercise or, 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 or activity. <laughs> and uh, I would like to see the difference between um, whatever his name is, who I can't remember, and he's so famous, so I go, um, yeah. you know, um, with him and Zach Bitter after they finish, after they retire, 10 years after they retire, you know, football players or soccer players, as we call them, as you call them, you know, for our football players in England, you look at them like 10 years after they retire and they're very often a, a, a sort of fat mess, you know? Yeah. And, and it's all gone wrong. But I would be interested to see what, um, what, 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 what would happen to the more keto and carnivore athletes. I think it wouldn't happen after they stop training because if they carry on eating like that, it's not going to be much change. It's and like, you know, I, I used to run a gym. I got big. I used to write for natural bodybuilding mags. I used to write for mountain bike mags. I was doing all kinds of exercise. I got big, I got fit, I never got lean. I never got properly lean. You know, I always thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a six pack? <clears throat> and my first six pack was lying on the sofa, doing nothing with rheumatoid arthritis, eating about 4,000 calories of meat and fat a day. And I, at 50 years old, uh, you know, 2012, and I got my first six pack and I thought, something's wrong with all this calories in calories out <laughs> this is interesting <laughs> yeah, um something's wrong with it someone once said and that i don't know if i saw it on youtube or whatever a commercial or or, or somewhere in a, on my favorite misinformation channel cnn oh, fox um well fox is not no longer considered misinformation that's fox is considered satire in fact a, a judge ruled in court uh, for Hannity and um, and for Tucker Carlson, as entertaining as they are, whatever, and and they and they're, they will be right a lot of times, but a judge actually ruled in court to actually say that they're not to be taken seriously. They made Fox they made Fox say that uh, as as a pretext, so so they don't get in trouble. But one of the things I heard was the worst thing you could do if you're over fifty year old for fifty years old is running. And, and and that's that's where I want to explore next. Why would someone say that? And are they right? I, is that a loaded you know, fucking question, huh? No, I'm not a great exercise scientist, but all I see is people who people who run tend to it, it. If you like running and you want to go out for the odd run, by all means, go for the odd run. But this chronic cardio is really not a good idea for the heart, yeah. particularly when it's combined with sort of carb loading and whatever. Yeah. And I, it's just not good for the heart. It, it's not good. It gives you shin splints. It enlarges the heart. <laughs> I, so, hold on a second. I, hold on. I'm sorry. I was making more reference to the arthritic uh, um, uh, part where, where you, that, that I thought you could answer more within your wheelhouse, like the arthritis. And is that, is that just about the landing? Is that, is that just about not la landing on your heels or, I don't, I don't think it, you, it can cause some structural issues if you're running wrong. You know, if you're running in these sort of barefoot shoes or something, it seems to be better. But I think it, it's not your, your, your joints are designed to last a lifetime. You know, osteoarthritis is a different thing to go into. It's actually the body robbing the cartilage of sulfur. <clears throat> and on the diets that we normally have, the doctors will never, ever see somebody regrowing cartilage. I've seen it, though. 
you do it on a carnivore diet and you take in some MSN, methyl sulfonylmethane, MSM powder, or, or some DMSO, or some, something that contains a lot of sulfur, and you can regrow the cartilage. It's very slow because there's not a good blood supply to it, but you can reverse osteoarthritis. It's slower, actually, than reversing the far more painful rheumatoid arthritis. But now, you're, you you're, you're talking about repairing damaged cartilage, right? Not not yeah, replacing yeah. cartilage, right? Because some people are going to be like, this guy's like, what is he talking about? You can't replace cartilage and this and that. So Yeah, I'm yeah, just... no, people will say that. Unless unless it's bone to bone, when then you can't regrow cartilage when it's not there. Right. But you can, you can regrow cartilage. 100%. Sorry. You can, yeah. Yep. One, yeah, and you can do that quickest by replacing the sulfur because people, this is something that Jack Cruz came up with that I've never heard anywhere else, that the, the, the body stores a load of sulfur in the cartilage. And when, when you get on a diet that depletes your sulfur with the anti-nutrients in plants that stop you absorbing the sulfur in the first place, um, then the, it's, the body gets desperate and it robs the, the cartilage of sulfur. And if you replenish the sulfur, the cartilage can grow back slow, 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 you know, but it will grow back. And, and, you know, if you're running, isn't going to destroy your cartilage unless you have some kind of uh, an accident. It's like people say, oh, yeah, my knee, you know, it came from doing too much of this and too much of that. No, you know, the, the ancestral tribes, they do too much of this and too much of that with their joints as well. And their joints last a lifetime. They are designed to last a lifetime. The problem with running is not car. It's not it's not an arthritic issue. It's the, the problem with. The problem with running is the fact that you've trashed your joints anyway with the diet that you've eaten all your life. Mm -hmm. And so they're not they're no longer good enough to support you. And, and uh, you know, when you're 50 plus running and so people have trouble with it. <clears throat> but I, I don't think it's, it's not going to on its own cause arthritis, but it does cause other issues. That's why I went down the other track, you know, of the shin splints and the, and, and the problems with the heart. Right, <laughs> but um, I'm not a fan of cardio exercise at all. If you enjoy it and you want to go out and do it, fantastic. But don't beat the pavement up. Go and go and, you know, go and do some twenty rep squats with your body weight, and then and then do some bench and do some deadlifts, and then go home and eat and sleep. And that's going to do your heart and your physiology and your fat burning probably an awful lot better than pounding the pavement every day. Yeah, there was a a professor at Harvard that said a lot of the damage that people have, have um, sustained of running was actually due to training their feet the wrong way on how to land. I, I'm, a, I'm a long time volleyball player, right? I've been playing for 30 years. I've been coaching for 20. And I have very little cartilage uh, on one of one of my knees. Uh, uh, but I do have some that I was like, um, instead of just wearing a knee brace, um, I do. I did some research on, like you said, repairing the the remaining cartilage that's damaged, and 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 I decided not to do the brace. And I'm still running. I'm still 50. And I'm, I'm still out there playing beach volleyball. I'm, I'm what you call a tweener, right? I'm not gonna beat people on the professional scene, but if you're not if you're not in the professional scene, you you can lose to someone like me because I have the experience. And when you have the experience and you can still physically do something about it, those are the most dangerous people in the world. Right? Look at Tom Brady from uh, American football. He's, he's gonna be 45. Um, he took care of his body. And he's got the IQ. So those are, you know, uh, Jordan at the end of his years, uh, uh, recreating his game, the jump shot and, and just finding these spots and this and that. And uh, I think getting back to what I was saying that this guy basically was talking about sneakers that Americans and, and maybe on the global scale that they're manufacturing with its intention to minimize heel damage from landing on your heel. Instead, the sneaker is teaching you to land on your heel. So there's some sneakers that they they 
again, noble, nobility, nobility somewhere, somewhere, right? Helping people was, was in there somewhere, right? But selling uh, this kind of sneaker where the, the pad is designed to, to not shock your thing is actually teaching you to land on your heel. Not mm. to not shock your heel is teaching you to land on your heel. And he went to Nigeria where he sees a lot of long distance runners and he just started studying the runners where they were landing ball, heel, ball again, ball, heel, ball again. He went to Peru. There was a guy there was like 75 years old that runs that ran 50 miles big old smile on his face or whatever so he um and and it was on 60 minutes too it's pretty it was it's pretty cool thing and he has a, like you said a runner's group where they run barefoot or they have like these shoes that operate like your feet so um uh on personal experience my legs and my joints got better when i stopped playing indoor volleyball because we first of all we train like assholes the carbs don't i mean we can go an extra hour now you already covered that i'm not doing that so there was a particular way I was landing. I was instead of on both feet, instead of like using my knees when I land, I'm landing on one leg that right, I'm left-handed. So I'm doing the approach and I'm landing on my right leg first, just boom, you could hear this. You could, I mean, and at that time when I gained the weight, it was crazy. Hold on one second. Uh, uh, sorry about that. But um, <laughs> that means I ran out of recording room, my camera. But I think the point I was trying to make that there's other things that attribute to it besides bad diet. And I wanted to let my audience know that there's, there's, there's other things like you can do these, these, all these other things, right. But you got to know how to land. You got to know how to, you, 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 like you said, we, we do these things to incite people to want to make better versions of themselves. And that's really, really why I love having you on this podcast. And I, but I want you've, to, you've made a beautiful point there though, Jason, yeah. you know, you said that somebody went out and studied the tribe. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put you. On, I'm gonna put you on the camera. Keep going, because I want to fix mine. Go ahead. It's ancestral, isn't it? You know, I mean, it, quite often it's it's not a foolproof way of of judging things and looking at things, but it is it is a very useful way. So um, so you can uh, you can go back and look at how these runners ran. You can go back and look at at, at, uh, at what we ate. You know how we lived, how we went to how we went to sleep, and and what times we went to sleep, and how we observed the the natural rhythms of light and dark, and uh, that's it, it's it's a beautiful way to do it. And you've just illustrated it there by somebody who goes out to Africa and says, right, how did these tribesmen run? How did they run before they had these crazy shoes and stuff? You know, yep. And it, it shows up so much. It's it's wonderful. All it's it's such a great a great way to look at the world. You know, it doesn't it doesn't come up with every answer. But it does come up with a lot. You know, I, I just go, people say, well, what should I eat? I say, well, what would you eat at your latitude in the season that we're in now, 10,000 years ago? What yeah. kind of thing would you be given? Now we're in the north of England in January. There would be no fruit. There'd be nothing. They'd be pretty, well, they, we wouldn't have been growing vegetables. We certainly wouldn't have been growing grains. The nuts, there might, no, probably there wouldn't be any nuts left even. Right. And so we'd be on meat now. You know, that's what we'd be on or anything that we might have fermented and stored or like the, the Native American Indians did when they went up to their sort of winter courses and they take, you know, they dry out the lean meat and then they'd encase it in tallow. Mm -hmm. And this is pemmican and that lasts forever, you know, and it, this doesn't rot. It's encased in the fat and they eat that for the winter. And, you know, this is this. That's what you eat in, in the winter. You know, when you're down by the equator, there's more plants to eat but much fewer than than people actually think and if you want to if you want to look into that look into a series you know uh, um i think this it is an american series 
naked and afraid. It's fascinating. You know, they just put two naked people out there into the bush in Africa or into some jungle and they say, right, now go find your food. And they have to build a shelter and they have to find their own food. And it's funny when you see the vegans and vegetarians going in there, oh, we're going to live off nature's bounty. There's going to be all these uh, uh, mango trees. And they're, they're thinking like this, you know, and they get in there and they find like, some little shitty bit of fruit every now and again. And it's really sour. And the monkeys have usually got at it before them or it's got bat piss on it or it's poisonous. And it's always the people who get stretched off with with gastro issues. Are the ones who have been eating the plants, you know, the people who go they eat the fish, they, they manage to make a kill or trap an animal. They're not getting sick. They don't get sick. But it's always from the plants. Oh, my God, I ate this fruit. And I thought it was all right. But now I've got these. Oh, we're going to have to stretch you off. You've got this terrible gastroenteritis, you know, and it happens again and again. And I just wonder, you know, I think Paul Saladino joked about it at one point where was there some idiot in the village where we go, right, eat that plant, see what happens to him. Right. You get sick off that one. We won't eat that one. You know, but the, but the, the animals are always are always safe to eat. And it's it's, you know, so everything with the ancestral thing, it's interesting to go look back at it and and say, what would we have actually done? What would it would we have been able to eat in a while? And it's not beautiful groves of oranges and mangoes and bananas. It just doesn't happen. Well, let's, it's not well we're fast. For, let's fast forward to the present day. And I asked Dr. K this question as well as other professionals um, to the people that would argue, haven't we evolved? From killing animals to get what we want. Um, and Bart kind of answered the question and he kind of didn't. He says, in some way, in many ways, we evolve for the worse. How are we, you know, haven't we changed because of the advancement in technology and what we know and this and that? And his answer was, yeah, well, in a lot of ways, they've, they've changed for the worse. You know, you, 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 you have these things that are supposed to be meaning, meaningfully nutritious and, and supposed to enhance your quality of life, end up diminishing your quality of life. So I'll, answer, I'll ask you the question, see if I can get a straighter answer. Uh, to the people, to the vegetarians, to the vegans, to the people who are not necessarily not meat but people that are not that category in the middle. Remember we were talking about like anti-vax and pro-vax. There's that big ass category in the middle that are like, I just mentioned 80% is like pro-vax, anti-mandate. So for the people in the middle, and, that may, and I've, I'm, evolved, I'm, in, I'm still barely in that category. What do you say to those people that say, hey, it's 2021. We're, we're, you know, we're on, we're, we're on with the science. Uh, haven't we evolved from having to consume um, animals for to, to, to live? Well, I, I'd answer it. Firstly, I'll, I'll, get, I'll say what Bart said, which was that, you know, our evolution is very slow. <clears throat> so, but, but what he didn't mention, I don't think quite in this way, was that um, we are facultative carnivores as a species. Right. We 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 are not vegetarians. We're not herbivores. We're not frugivores. We are facultative carnivores, which basically means that we have a gut that is pretty much like a, a hyena, more like a scavenger. We can it's more acidic even than a, a, an obligate carnivore <clears throat> like a lion. So it means that we can survive on plants, but they're not optimal. We can survive on them for a while, but they're, they're, they're really not our preferred food. And um, so why deny your place in, 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 in nature? We are facultative carnivores and nobody tells us that. But if you actually look at the digestive tract, at the pH of our, of our digestive tract, and Bart went into it for a bit about the cecum and whatever, you know, but we, this is who we are as a species. 
Like you can't just suddenly change, you know, and say, okay, well, suddenly we've invented veganism, so we should be able to eat. Oh, you can combine this bean with that one and, 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 and you can get all the proteins you need. Well, on paper, actually, I'll tell you a little story about, about this when I finish this book. No, it's please. very interesting. But, <clears throat> you know, um, you can't get that nutrition from those plants. So we, we have that digestive system. You just can't get around that. We are facultative carnivores. So just look at it. And, and, and what now we've already talked about how, um, you know, veganism is not compassionate. We need to look at the farming practices. So how we've evolved is maybe to understand really who we are. You know, you don't say to a polar bear, oh, that can eat muesli every day. No, the polar bear eats fish and seals, right? That's what it eats. And we know that's what it eats. But we're the only species bright enough to make our own food and stupid enough to eat it. <laughs> we, we, you know, the, no other species oh, does man. that. That's the podcast hook. <laughs> if I had to do like a 30 <laughs> second hook, that was, you got it. It's, hey, look, <laughs> we're two hours <laughs> in. You got, you got it. Go ahead. You know, and, and so, you know, we say, oh, we can combine it with all these plant foods. I mean, look at what all the, the, the sort of Bill Gates's and whatever are pushing. They're pushing all this plant crap. They, we want to eat this plant food. We've got to do that to save the planet. Don't get me into the climate change nonsense. But, you know, we got to do that to save the planet. And it isn't anyway, because if you put a ruminant animal on the land, it sequesters carbon far better while pres preserving the whole environment as nature intended with ruminant animals grazing the land. And the thought that them burping is destroying the planet is absolutely ridiculous. There was mega herds across, <clears throat> across North America outnumbering what we have now. Were they holding their burps and farts in? No, they weren't. You know, and we've got, to, we've got to realize that we can't get that nutrition. And even the good nutrition is not so available when we have plants. Now, Bart went through that study where they split them up to prove the fiber. I'll talk about another study, which, uh, you know, we're not, I'm not a great fan of studies, as you can tell from Dan always shouting at me for studies, but there are ones that well, are You heard what I said about them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they are pretty interesting sometimes, because there was this one, again, like that, that sort of uh, constipation one with the fiber, where everybody got better when they took all the fiber out of their diet. Um, there's a great one with uh, oysters. Now, oysters contain a lot of zinc. And they wanted to find out who, uh, how much zinc increases in the body um, when you eat oysters. So they got three groups of people. One group of people they gave just oysters to. Another group of people gave oysters and black beans. Another group of people, oysters and tortillas. The same amount of oysters. The first group, oysters on their own, zinc levels shot up beautifully. Second group, oysters and black beans, zinc levels went up a little bit. Third group, same amount of oysters, oysters and tortillas, no change in the zinc levels. So this is why, you know, this totally explains why I'm saying the absorption of the nutrients. When you're taking a load of anti-nutrients in, like all the lectins in the beans and all the horrible sort of corn stuff in the tortillas or whatever flour it was made out of, you know, you've got the glutens and God knows what. The body's fighting that all the time. It's not absorbing the good stuff, even in the good parts of the diet. And that just shows it absolutely perfectly, I think. Does, in, in, in so, you know, we haven't evolved into something that can really take up those nutrients. What surprises me is not that so many people are sick, but that so many people actually stay alive on this crap that they eat. Well, could I don't it, even know how they do it. Well, to them, they would say is because of that, right? I, I think I, I would say that people stay healthy despite plants, not because of them. Sometimes some uh, people tolerate them better. Got it. Some people 
tolerate them better, you know. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, again. I'll say it would be totally impossible that I'm still alive if the mainstream was right about speaking, diet. Speaking of impossible, uh, impossible yeah. meat, impossible burgers, impossible sandwiches, and this and that. Is there was there a debate on that as far as the digestive system is concerned? I mean, you mean the impossible burgers and, and yeah, like fake- a lot of people have gone with that instead of like just a real burger because well in, in the united states it's almost like a conscientious objector thing because of how the animals are being slaughtered and this and that but um yeah, but look at the amount of the amount of animals that are slaughtered in the process of making a, a beyond burger is more than are being slaughtered if you're getting nice grass-fed beef and making the burger out of that we're not talking mcdonald's and kentucky fried chicken stuff now we're talking proper meat you know grass-fed ruminant animals so more animals are slaughtered for that because look at the crop production again, which we were on at the start. You've got the pesticides, you've got the ruining the soil, you've got chewing them up in the combine harvesters. So it's not a compassionate diet. For a start, it isn't. And you look at the list of ingredients in these Beyond Burgers and stuff. They did some study on rats where they fed them on that and the rats died. Right. It's toxic, it's toxic junk food, you know, and it's, it's, it's a sign as well that the vegans are eating them, that they want a proper burger. Go eat a proper burger. Your ancestral heritage is screaming out to you. You know, I do not make broccoli out of my steaks, right? I don't fashion <laughs> broccoli out of meat. I don't need it. I don't. I just eat the meat, right? If you want to eat plants, eat plants. Don't make them into meat. You know? <laughs> it's, it, is, it is kind of hilarious when you think about the actual answer to that. Was Is there a particular link or study um, if I were to make that argument, if I were to make the argument that more animals die from making uh, um, plants for us to eat than animals, where where would like someone would be like, "What's your source? Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get well, it from? Where'd you get that from?" There's no there's no single study. It's just it's just a matter of looking at different things. You see, it's looking at farming practices. Yeah, and understanding how many animals are shot. How you know they they shoot birds off the fruit trees. They shoot monkeys off them. They'll kill anything to keep these these trees you know these are farmers these are businessmen in a way right and so you know they need their crop not to be eaten by other animals so they're trapping and poisoning them killing them even in sort of fruit fruit production yeah so many animals are killed yeah um, never mind the grain production which is horrific because you've destroyed the whole habitat to start with it's not a matter of one study it's just a matter of like like common sense really you know and looking at farming practices that's consistent with what I've I've heard and what I've listened to. Uh, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's just, then you take your choice of what you want to eat. I mean, if you want to eat something that's already destroyed an, a, an environment and poisoned all the animals, chewed them up in the combine harvester, ruined all the rivers nearby, and then it's put together in a toxic compound of poisonous plants with all sorts of additives, then great, go for a Beyond Burger. That's your ideal food. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, I also want it's Franken people. Food. Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah, we're building in the goddamn. She's alive, <laughs> alive. <laughs> Frankenstein, remember that? Uh, I remember young Frankenstein. I remember Gene Wilder singing, uh, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all right. is he still alive, Gene Wilder? We or do we do a R.I.P. for him? Because I don't know. Oh, he's sure. like Jackie Chan. He's like, wait, you got you want to make you want a Google search to make sure Gene Wilder's still alive. In fact, I'm I'm gonna try to pull it up now for just for nothing, just for shits and giggles, just to see if he's still alive. Um, but I, look, I like this conversation because 
I think it provokes thoughts for people who are seeking advice from people who are supposed to be professionals, people supposed to be, uh, um, this is supposed to be their wheelhouse and their field. And it is very important for others to speak up where the other, where the, the original people have failed. Uh, remember, we were just talking about the vaccines. There's this marriage to the vaccines because they, the, there are a group of people that are so uh, enticed to believe that it works regardless. It's they're just married to the idea. They can't. No one can cop to make cop to maybe the notion that this is failing. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm not trying to get taken down. I'm not trying to say don't take the vaccine. I'm not trying to say take the vaccine. But I'm saying that it's a great example of being married to a concept that even when the people that you listen to said that there's change, they don't accept it. <laughs> they don't accept the change, and that's what's dangerous. And and. I think there's a lot of people that have opinions that go outside of being a, a professional, right? Like, for me, I just I just showed you a picture of my steak. Remember in the beginning, I showed you that picture of the steak? Am I a chef? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I know I know how to steak and uh, make a steak, and I know what a steak looks like, right? If if I eat something and something makes me feel bad, I'm not going to eat it anymore. It's it's someone going to ask me, am I a doctor? No, but I threw this in my body and I know what I feel like and I know what, what, what makes me feel like. If there's something chemical that's wrong with me, then if you want me to go see a doctor who's going to put me on some fucking drugs, you, you know, for the rest of my life so I can eat that, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. Dr. Amen once said, and I'll finish with this. Dr. Amen once said, you can, if you're hammering your nail with a, hammering your thumb with a hammer, do you take painkillers? <laughs> Do you take painkillers to get rid of the pain or do you stop fucking hammering your thumb? <laughs> you know, and that's just a very simplistic way of looking at it. But I just Perfect. I guess what I'm trying to say is I just want more people to just just be more candid if, and don't be not shy to speak up on things that are within their wheelhouse. Like I just we, I just talked about eating and what I like and this and that didn't didn't see a doctor that works for me. You know, do you know Dana White, UFC president? No. He's the president. He's he's basically Joe Rogan's his own boss. But if Joe Rogan has one person he has to answer to, he's a commentator for the UFC, which is a mixed martial arts promotion. It's global, yeah. but it's US based. And Dana White was asked about why uh, them I've coming heard, after. I've heard Joe Rogan. Yeah, I've heard Joe Rogan mention him. But so, they yeah. they asked Dana White about his employee. What do you think about everybody coming after Spotify and this and that? And he's, you know, what he said. He says, look what's what's wrong with taking something that works for you i'm not he says look i'm not a doctor all i know is he had all he had the vaccines his mom mother-in-law had all three and, and all of them got infected so he took monoclonal antibodies he took ivermectin and it worked for him and then there was a media person that said are you a doctor and the way he asked you know you then and then the tone how someone asked you know that that they're being they're being a fucking idiot about it for two reasons one they know dana's not a doctor okay he never even graduated he, he never even graduated college much less high barely high school so that's just the bull and, but the tone are you a doctor you know what dana said dana says no but if i take something and if it works for me shouldn't i be able to take it again shouldn't yeah, shouldn't other people and the guy's like i'm not gonna answer it's like he goes no 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 come on jump in you know <laughs> like you ask you, you're gonna ask the question and and he basically said i'll tell you this he says it's easier to get fucking pain painkillers than it is to get to, to get monoclonal antibodies right now. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I think the covering up of this thing is is criminal. I mean, I've got a, a 
I've got a blog post actually. I think I probably wrote it about 2014, 2015. It's on my website. I have a personal website, pureactivityoneword.net. And it's on there. And it's just called You're Not a Doctor. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. the amount of times people have told me that. Yeah. But it is funny when you point out to people, you know, particularly in a diet thing, you know, yes. I've looked into it for 40 odd years and I was wrong for 30. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a doctor gets one day's training if he's not too too drunk, you know, the night before and he can't be bothered to turn up to the nutrition class or whatever. You know, he'll get about one day or a couple of days training in diet and it's the wrong diet. It's eat high fiber, eat low fat, eat, you know, avoid avoid animal products and it gives you heart disease and all that kind of nonsense. So they get taught that for one day in seven years of medical school. And then they expect that, you know, you, oh, have you talked to your doctor about the diet? No, because the doctor doesn't know anything about diet unless they studied it outside, you know, their, their, their profession um, and their education, like, like all of us have who've come to the same conclusions. Right. And it's funny because then you get, you know, I get invited onto podcasts with docs who, who, who are carnivores and whatever. And, and, you know, I'll chat with them and they'll ask me questions because they don't know. They haven't been taught that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's so this business of the worship of the medical system. Right. You know, to go back and find out where it was created and how it was created as a business and a monopoly by the Rockefellers early last century. And it is not a healthcare system. Right. It it's is a, sick, a, a, a business sick, it's a model. Sick, a sick care system. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's t- Tulsi Gabbard said that it's a sick care system, not a healthcare system. Yeah. 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 And, and it, it was never, you know, all the real healers were just thrown out and called quacks and yeah. had to go abroad or were actually killed and disgraced. And yeah. And it, actually, if you really look into the history of that, it's not, it's not some kind of conspiracy theory. It's, it's fact the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's and how they started off the medical system. It's quite horrific. Actually, you know? check it out. I have it right here. Are you, are you yeah. surprised at the backlash that people don't even want to allow you to discuss options and pre-treatment? It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's one of the craziest things that I've ever witnessed in my life. And you're, we're, we're talk, I'm not talking about um, experimental drugs or things that you said. This stuff's been around. I mean, the guy, the ivermectin, the guy, a doctor? Won, the guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. Here it goes. Huh? You're a doctor? No, but there's plenty of doctors that do. uh, Here he comes. (laughs) I just asked a question. Are you a doctor? No, but I, but I, but I took them and they both work for me. So why shouldn't I be able to take them again? Or other people? I won't answer. No, no, come on. Dive in. You want to know what's scary? I bet I could get some fucking pain pills quicker than I could get monoclonal antibodies. No, not maybe. That's a fact. (laughs) That's him um, schooling a reporter. And yeah. I let me tell you something. In the United States, if you're lit up like Joe Rogan is, the first thing all your 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 employers want to do is distance themselves. Hey, take a couple of weeks off with pay. Or you're suspended till this till this blows over. Or or you're just fired. Hey, I gotta let you go. This is bad for my image. This the only person that Joe Rogan, who's self-employed, he's a comedian you know, has his own agent, his whatever. The podcast is is just him and Jamie, his tech guy. It, he, he doesn't have, he's not like CNN where he has like 35 people uh, uh, running a set, which probably costs like a million dollars to do a one hour episode of Don Lemon or whatever. Just him and Jamie, house, house in the world. So, but I just wanted to point that out because it's, as an American, it's refreshing to see that a boss has your back like that. 
like his the only person he yeah, would probably I, consider his boss uh that was, had, yeah. has his back on that and that was really really cool but uh, yeah i just wanted to show that just for fun <laughs> So we, we got about six minutes left on this recording file. So if we, 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 if you want, we could wrap up or I could just change, I could just change, I could just change it to a new one. Is there anything you want to add yeah, about I've your got, book? I've, I've got to wrap up soon, get the yeah. kids to bed and whatever. So yeah, maybe and my, right. my computer, the, the charger doesn't seem to be working. I'm down to 14% on the Mac laptop. So it, yeah. should, it should hold out for that. But um, yeah, let's do no, I've just seen we've been going two hours and 20 minutes. That's great. Flies, doesn't it? Yeah. Time flies when you have a lot of interesting shit to talk about. Let's, but I, it would be, again, it would be podcast malpractice if we didn't uh, plug your book. Um, this is what the, the picture looks like. It's called Arthritis. The best thing that ever happened to me. This is Phil Escott. And um, is there any particular site website or instagram ig handle or whatever anyone wants to know about more of the work you do you um i have your website here but you tell the audience cool yeah well my website is pure activity one word pureactivity.net okay and that book is available on amazon and whatever but i think really the the work that i find the most fulfilling and the most important that that i'm doing at the moment is with my colleagues in the thehumanunleashed.com that's the health site but really the hub of it all with discussions about all the stuff that's going on. There's a, a pharmacist, Graham Atkinson, who we've teamed up with, who used to run a, a vax center himself up until October and then saw through everything. Well, he'd been seen through it a long, uh, for a long time, you know, but now he's doing talks all over the place. He's teamed up with us. Um, he read our book, The Red Pill Revolution uh, book, and uh, he, he, it gave him courage to sort of speak out. Now a lot of medical professionals are coming out through him to speak out just and, takes uh, one right you know, yeah yeah and he's um he yeah it takes one and snowballs and people come out but i i'm just so proud of the work that i'm doing with with those boys at the red pill revolution there's dr jeremy Ayers, graham norbury ben hunt and uh john gusty yeah. uh john gusty's in america the rest of us are in in, in england but um Honestly, these guys, you know, I always thought my ideal band, my dream band would be from behind the drums, but it's not. It's these guys on the health stuff and on the well, sort of. Sometimes you got to beat a different drum, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, check out the redpillrevolution.com, really. One word, the redpillrevolution.com. And that's where the center of everything is that you can find. And there's my podcast there and all, all the chats that we do regularly on our red pill um, DNA episodes. And, uh, yeah, it's all there. And we got an upcoming book, The Red Pill Food Revolution. Honestly, I think we, we write these ourselves. Uh, I mean, collectively, if you like, from Zoom calls, discussions that we have. And then Ben Hunt actually writes them, puts them into words from all the stuff that we've discussed Pretty cool. on various episodes. And it's working so well. Ben, ben is a brilliant writer. And this next one that's coming out in the next month or two, honestly, The Red Pill Food Revolution. If anybody's interested in what, what I've said today, and the history of it, the, the actual ancestry of our food and how the beginning of the, the this is fascinating, the advent of, of, of agriculture in, enabled the growth of the psychopath, which brings all these people into play today. And it's really fascinating. It's pretty much ties in the whole of modern history with food and how we've been fooled and how we've been fed poisons and all this crap over the centuries. Yeah. Um, and, and and there we go. That's that's where to find me, really. And, okay. and also Phil Escott on YouTube, if anyone's interested in the carnivory. Lots of interviews, lots of vids there. You know, come and yeah. say hello. 
Yeah. Hey, you got to come back on because between you, me and Bart, I made a list of things on a, a whole list of things where Dr. Malone was um, turned out. Turned out he was right two months later that they got can't that they canceled him for. And there's a list of things he was wrong about. So I just wanted to I, I wanted to come back like the three of us because I also have some MDs here or whatever that would just put our heads together and just dissect that. So. Um, so they stopped going after comedians in the United States of America because of what they disagree with about doctors. But um, I meant to give you the last mic drop on that, but I really, really enjoyed having you on the podcast. And we, we got to do this again because two hours and 23 minutes for some reason didn't, it felt like I never felt so fulfilled in the same time, still so hungry, you know? <laughs> got to uh, stay up. Um, I feel like a vegetarian right now. <laughs> I feel like a vegan right now. <laughs> All right, so, um, so guys, Phil Escott might love you, but me, I don't love any of you guys. In fact, I can't stand any of you. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad or iPhone or on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school. Old school. For all of you on your droid, from my man Phil Escott, this is episode 125 of the Option Podcast. I'm Jason DeBeas. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music. And we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.